It's time for Windows Weekly. Paul Thorat's here from Lower McCunji Valley, Pennsylvania. And from Stockholm, Sweden, Richard Campbell. Lots to talk about. You saw Microsoft's big announcement yesterday about marrying chat, GPT, and Bing. Paul and Richard will talk about it. I'll sign up for it. We'll also talk about Google's response. Skype three times faster. You won't believe how. And without, with a completely straight face, without laughing, Paul Thorat is going to aver that Microsoft is still committed to HoloLens. Well, we'll see. All of that coming up next on Windows Weekly. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Windows Weekly with Paul Thorat and Richard Campbell. Episode 815. Recorded Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. It's your foot. Windows Weekly is brought to you by Lenovo, orchestrated by the experts at CDW to help transform your organization with Lenovo ThinkPads, equipped with the Intel Evo platform for effortless connectivity and collaboration from anywhere. Learn more at cdw.com slash Lenovo clients. And by Miro. Miro is your team's visual platform to connect, collaborate, and create together. Tap into a way to map processes, systems, and plans with the whole team. And get your first three boards for free to start creating your best work yet at Miro.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this show as an ad-supported network. We are always looking for new partners with products and services that will benefit our qualified audience. Are you ready to grow your business? Reach out to advertise at twit.tv and launch your campaign now. It's time for Windows Weekly, the show where we talk about the latest news from Bing. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Only a matter of time. <laughs> Paul Therat's on your left. Host at uh, therat.com. And, of course, author at leanpub.com. Hello, Paul. Hello, Leo. And joining us from an Ikea showroom somewhere... <laughs> In the That's east, what, that was my joke. <laughs> that was your joke. Oh, sorry. I made the same joke before you came on, Mr. Richard All Campbell, Stockholm. in Stockholm. All of Stockholm is an IKEA showroom. Yeah. I like the Norwegian aesthetic. Actually, it's ironic because the Bing wallpaper today is a uh, Norwegian rest stop of all things. Really? Yeah. Let me see if I can. Uh, I can pull that up for you. Um. Oh, I have to refresh. I have to refresh oh, my Bingle wallpaper. First. I got to do something no one ever does and go to Bing.com. Um, let's see. Well, I use, you know, on my desktop, I use the Bing wallpaper, but let me, I um, wonder yeah. if there's a way to refresh this. Yeah, there it is. Monarchs. It's because Monarchs, but that's old. That was like four days ago. It shows you how often I use this laptop. Well, it's not popping up, but I think everybody at home knows. And as soon as the, the thing comes up, it was quite stunning. And I thought, Norway, beautiful. But you're yeah. in Sweden, so that's different. Yeah, Although, is it? Is it? <laughs> it's kind of like is New it? Hampshire and Vermont. It's not, you know. It's whoa, different. whoa, no, those are extremely different. <laughs> I take great exception to that. I love Stockholm, but I've only been there in the summer. I think you're brave to go there in February. It's chilly, but it's not dramatic. Oh, okay. You're not snowed in and all that. No, no, it's like four degrees and raining. Do you uh, like fish? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about fish that isn't literally cooked, but is, you know, 
fermented and rare ish. There yeah. are some some versions of that that are enjoyable and some not so much. But right. I I did a number of years ago did a uh, a bit of an expedition up into the Arctic Ocean. You know, as oh, wow. you do. And um, one of the favorite crew breakfasts was the rye crisps with uh, liver pate on it and yeah. pickles. Yes, yep. perfect. And, uh, That's and I fell in love with it. I, classic, I had it for breakfast this morning. Classic I'm Norwegian dish. I mean, Swedish uh, yeah. dish. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's fantastic, and I eat it whenever I'm here. What are you yes. there for? I am here for a company called Spet, uh, for a, con- a conference called Spetug. And I am doing the famous history of .NET talk. Nice. That's supposed to be a book I still haven't Speaking of which, it's been a while since I've read new for the book. Um, <laughs> what's, perhaps we could discuss that briefly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Writing history books is hard. It's all <laughs> you tell Paul he's doing that now, right now. Um, yeah. Come, come on, on, man. History of .NET, you know, you could contribute a chapter to Paul's book about Windows programming. I literally took a year off from this. It was a series at the time because yeah. I wanted Richard to finish the series. His book. Yeah. Yeah. And I have faith him mightily. Oh, well, someday, uh, someday. Yeah. Someday. I'm not, I can't I'm wait. Not, I haven't given up all hope yet. I'm just despairing. Good. Well, you should, you know what? Let's talk about the soft line. I want to help. Okay. I appreciate <laughs> I it. Help. Paul understands the masochistic I, urge. I, yeah. I got to get so, it out just, of my head. It's making me crazy. Months inside prison. Mm-hmm walls writing your book and although it, as oscar wilde learned it isn't a bad way in fact nelson mandela oscar wilde go to jail martin luther king write a book go to jail go to jail <laughs> go to write jail. a book it's it's there one way go. anyway uh, yeah huh. so our um, you, you focus a little, i'm sorry yeah. our, uh, no i mean you would focus because of jail well I you got nothing else focus. to do I, uh, you got yeah, f- yeah, you yeah, got yeah. four walls and nothing yep. else to do you would you would focus because there's nothing else to yes do. That's, what I meant. that's the idea uh, and I'm just thinking so many books were written in jail here. Speaking of jail, you know, a it, lot more books were written outside of jail. I just, uh, you know, true. <laughs> just a good, you know, that an out. excellent counterpoint. <laughs> I agree. Didn't even I mean, think of it that way. Yeah. You know, but... here is a picture of a young lady, not in jail, but in the Microsoft sure. offices today, checking out the new. Justine and Satya, aren't they a couple, huh? Uh, Checking out the new Bing AI. Yesterday, Microsoft had an event. Google's hustling now to do one quickly. (laughs) I know. Uh, Because, oh, my God. Uh, We have spell checking. What about spell checking? Uh, That's like AI, isn't it? Uh, Microsoft has a little bit of an inside track because OpenAI, they were one of the early investors, put a billion dollars into it. They've announced an additional $10 billion. But more than that, it runs on Azure. And uh, so, you know, uh, as opposed to, let's say, I don't know, the Google Cloud or uh, Amazon Web Services. So this really is Microsoft, you know, everybody thought, oh, they're going to do that HoloLens thing. We've got plenty of time. And all of a sudden, whoa. They've got the lead in uh, the hot new thing. Or is it? What do you I think, think it is? Yeah. Well, ChatGPT set the record for 100 million users in the least amount of time ever. Oh. so Like Connect. You know. Just like Connect set the yeah, record for being like the Connect. fastest selling consumer product of all time. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, do you think they're replaying this script? This could take a two months for ChatGPT to get 100 million users. you think Bing AI can do that? Oh. Well. No, because you know, I don't. Yeah, there's a QR <laughs> Actually, code. No. So 
this uh, so uh, 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 let's talk. So where do you want to start on your notes? It starts with uh, chat. GPT yeah. So I did I, the notes started. Uh, the notes are written in kind of chronological order. So okay. I, I think Good. the the overview of this is simply that I feel like we've entered what is the personal computer or personal computing version of the Cold War. You know that oh. the superpowers are lining up. Wow. They've got their nukes pointed at each other. And the reason this is so dangerous is because we really don't understand what the fallout here is exactly. In fact, I was saying to Richard before we started, you know, it's fascinating to me that a company as conservative as Microsoft has been under Satya Nadella would do this now, just so quickly and suddenly and unexpectedly. And I suspect it has to do with, you know, maybe they had some understanding that there were competitors kind of creeping around. Maybe something was going to happen somewhere else. Um, but you just, I, I don't think of Microsoft, you know, Satya Nadella's Microsoft as being this aggressive. They don't go first. Yeah, they don't take chances. Mm -hmm. Neither does, you know, Apple, famously. Yeah, um, that's true. And, and and one of the things people have been saying, including Jan LeCun, who is head of AI at Meta, is, yeah. oh, no, we got that. <laughs> we got that. Well, the difference yeah, was, they were all Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon, add a few others, Meta. We're all working on this stuff, but they didn't weren't doing it in public. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter if you you know if a uh, <laughs> if you say a tree fell in the forest, but it never fell. Did the tree fall? I mean, what are you talking about? Right. Like, like uh, you know, oh yeah, we have that. Oh great, where is it? Oh uh, well, you know, we don't really well, talk about it. Well, they would say, okay, I, I will, I will, I'll, I'll play this guy. You know, yeah. the guy you everybody hates. They would say <laughs> that we are being responsible because this can't be released yes. responsibly. And by and the way, God that, knows I, Microsoft. With was it Tay and Meta yes, yes. with yep. many bots has discovered yep. that you know it's hard to do well, this I, responsibly. It may be impossible right now to do it responsibly, which is what makes Microsoft doing it now incredible. Mm -hmm. um, Jeffrey Fowler from the uh, Washington Post did a little overview of his interaction with this Bing AI thing, and it went down some rabbit hole where it created a conspiracy theory where Tom Hanks, the actor, was somehow involved with the Watergate scandal. <laughs> you know, when he was like, a, when he was 11, you know, and it's like, I, okay, this is, this, this is happening at the announcement event. Like, well, <laughs> it happened uh, with Google's demonstration, didn't it? Uh, they demonstrated a print. Was it apprentice Bard or was it um, GPT? I can't remember. Uh, and they right. showed, maybe it was Microsoft with Bing showing a search, you know, tell us about the, the amazing landmarks from the James Webb telescope. And sure. among other landmarks, it said, and the first to take a, a picture of an exoplanet, which had been done 12 yeah. years before. And the professor who did it immediately said, uh, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> yep. Hold That's on a That's a mistake. Uh, was, that, was that Bing? I can't remember who did that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but. But that's the point this, is that this is early days and it isn't perfect. Well, this is, or, so technology created by humans has inherent in it all of our flaws, all it of our Google. biases, all of our It was Google. All it was, of our stupid. barred. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're going to, listen, we already live in a world of disinformation, right? This It's all out there and you can believe whatever you want to believe. So, and now it's going to be dictated to us by a robot. So let's make <laughs> you know? better, better, yeah, more this, confident. Well, let's make it easier to get to it. Yeah, exactly. Machines. We're, we're going to scrape the misinformation and then we're going to send it flying back. To so the let mass. me ask it's both of you. This is, a, this is actually yeah. a, maybe, maybe the most important question of this. 
which which is the better route to take the the prudent route of let's figure out you know the the potential hazards of this before we make it public or the route that microsoft slash open ai have chosen uh kind of prompted by the success i think of dolly 2 their uh, graphics thing and then they saw dolly 2 be eclipsed by mid journey and stable diffusion these open source Tools, but, but it just uh, stopping there for one second. Uh, there were problems with those things too, right? They're still I mean, on. They're you, being you sued quick, like crazy, yeah. right? I, I, boy, so if, I guess if you my thought question, it wasn't let me, easy enough. Let me formulate yeah. the question: Is it better? Which is better? I mean, is Microsoft being irresponsible by rushing this out, or is this the only way you can yeah. really get it right? Is to do it in public. It, it, what do you guys think? I have an opinion, but I'd like to hear yours first. And that would be the argument: is that the only way we really test this is to get as many hands on it as possible. I think the hundred million users in two months thing is a huge catalyst here. Okay, it's not an experimental project. All of a sudden, it's got right. a massive market penetration, and you can't ignore that. But suddenly, when it's when it's that many users, when it's that many people engaged with it, you're kind of stuck. The Bing thing's an interesting angle on it for no other reason than Bing's just not been going anywhere. No. Now, the story I've heard with Bard is that it's, A, it's been around for years, mm-hmm. but that that Google had innovators' dilemma that they refused to put it out there because it actually decreased the amount of ad space they had on the page. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, and I, <laughs> so this is the classic thing. I think you and I talked about this offline a little bit, this notion that, um, you know, when you when you have a dominant product, it's hard for you as that company to replace that thing, right? You just keep doing that thing. Um, and then competitors that just try to copy you, you know, don't really succeed. And so you saw that, we see that in a lot of ways, but, you know, this is what held back Microsoft for a long time because Windows was the thing that was so successful. And when the world went in a different direction and that kind of partnering approach didn't really work well in other markets, mm-hmm. they had a hard time getting off of it, even though it, you know, then retrospectively, it seemed like it should have been obvious. Um, and I mentioned the example of uh, Steve Jobs at the iPod. You know, they knew the iPod wasn't going to last forever. Something would replace it. This thing was dominant, completely dominant. And, um, you know, Steve Jobs said, well, what's going to replace the uh, the iPod? And they you know, kind of talked about it a little bit. And they said, well, it's obviously going to be a phone. And they said, good, let's make a phone. <laughs> you know, let's be the ones that disrupt our own company, yeah. our own business. Um, it's very hard to do that. That's a really rare example of... Somebody he, taking that job is kind of also the guy stuff. saying nobody wants a mini iPad. And the moment he's gone, he's not always he right. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't he always right. Mini iPad and sells yeah. bucket loads of them. That's right. right. Well, he also made fun of phablets, uh, you know, early yeah. on too. I mean, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm, and I'm not here to diss jobs. But he was still immortal. He he did. Oh he yeah, did no, I'm just holding that as an example of one time where yeah, of the few know, they, times that an incumbent disrupted yeah, his own yep, market. Yep, it's very hard to do. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to take that step, and it's it's hard to walk around from some, from easy money. We had this conversation, I think as recently as last week. You know, do you like spin off Windows? You get rid of Windows? It's like, hold on a second, what are you talking about? This is like over ten billion dollars in revenue or yeah. a, a quarter. I mean, this is it's not easy money. You have to maintain it. And you have to maintain relationships and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And, but, and you have a bunch of dependent customers on it. Yeah. It's not your principal product anymore. Yeah, but you don't just walk away from it. I mean, yeah. it, it's so it's a long tail on that. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to suffer with ten billion dollars. <laughs> right, we'll get through this somehow. Somehow, um, but yeah, I, I, this is, this feels irresponsible to me. I agree. I don't think no we've hit to... the irresponsible part yet, Paul. This is <laughs> the beginning, right? 
This is just, oh, we're going to make our search better. Now, this is an existential threat to Google. They have to respond. This yes. product's clearly been on the shelf for a couple of years, so they put it yep. out there. Yep. And that's fine. Now, search is weird. That's not the irresponsible part. The irresponsible part is th this is an, now going to be an ongoing arms race. Right. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's the it, next it, well, version of yeah. graphics. The I next think this version is of music. Yeah. The next version of video. Right. There's the, there's the tool they're playing with where you can dynamically recreate the background of your green screen. Like yeah. it's, those are the, we're only getting ready with irresponsibility. The opportunity to destroy markets while $2 trillion yep. tech companies duel over market share for free, right. you know, and they're going to hide from the Sherman Act by giving it all away so it can't be hurting the consumer because it's free while they smash up other people's businesses doing it. It's interesting. I mean, isn't there it? could be other legal regulatory challenges. Oh, yeah. There. Nowadays, it's, it's not just consumer harm. It's, it's uh, yeah, it could it, it could be uh, it could be national security at some point. <laughs> you know, Did there's you all kinds of issues. Last there. night, uh, President Biden is State of the Union excoriating big tech i mean he really blamed big yeah. tech for a lot of things and it, it uh, you know as as progressive and, and populist as he sounded I mean, it's in a little chill down my spine and i'm sure satya nadella and sundar pachai and tim cook were going well there's a real there's a real natural knee-jerk reaction to that kind of thing because these are american companies blowing away the competition yeah What's I mean, the if, problem? if you want you us know? to compete, it, I mean, he's, he was saying, yeah. you know, let's bring jobs back to America. Well, who's, <laughs> who's right. you know, I mean, uh, current layoffs notwithstanding, I mean, these guys are massive uh, movers of the economy. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah, they are. No, they you're, you're, no, are. you're exactly right. Like two of the biggest companies on this planet have now lined up across the wrestling ring from each other. Right. Right. And this right. is the first. Let's one. get ready to chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like Richard said, but then it's going to be and draw and paint and write and, yeah. <laughs> you know, music. Create music and music. And, yeah. You know, I'm starting yeah, to hear music now. Yeah. Sure. Like that, and that's the real point here is in this race for them to grab mind share right. around the best AI techs with all of these different things being experimented with in public what is that going to do to the graphic artists, this to the is, jingle writers? But know, this is the, the ultimate expression of personal technology, right? This is for all of the benefits that it brings to the table. We, we often don't stop to think, well, what are the, what are the minuses here? Like what are the things it's taking away? And um, the problem with AI is that it's exponentially bigger. It's, it's obvious like from day one, what the improvements could be and what goes away. You know, it's like, you know, uh, is it okay that we're taking away coal and oil jobs, right, to save the environment <laughs> or whatever? Um, yeah, it sounds like it is, unless you live in, you know, rural Pennsylvania or Ohio, yeah, wherever right. these places are, um, where they don't really have any other, you know, way of life. Um, and But this is this is writ large. I mean, this is... this. Um, well, and, and you can't even necessarily define it as progress. It's two tech giants experimenting with technology in public. Yeah. So, so what are the thing. harms, what are the potential harms, and what are the potential benefits? Do the har the benefits outweigh well, we the almost, harms? You almost have to limit it to like a little area because there's so much, right? We can go it off can't in be, any direction. It can't be solely to benefit Google or Microsoft 
it has to be benefits to us as a society to moving forward. Well, I mean, think think about anything. Think about like the simplest of tasks. You you have some job. It doesn't matter what it is. And you're like, hey, Bob, why don't you uh, throw together a PowerPoint presentation? about whatever. And he, this guy's like, I've never made a PowerPoint presentation in my life. I don't know how to make graphics. I don't know how to make things look pretty, blah, 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 whatever. So there's this tool that makes that better, right? And so this guy can show up with something that looks reasonably professional, whatever. The problem is that the, this tool can also just write the entire presentation. It can create it can create all the graphics yeah, bye, Bob. Out, of, out of words that he so spoke. So long, Bob. And, yeah. I mean, Bob is not necessary for this thing. So yeah. this thing made Bob's job easier. It also made Bob's job irrelevant, you know, or superfluous or whatever. And you're, you're hoping it, that Bob is ultimately the fact checker. The, the thing that the tool generated is actually correct. And we know we need that desperately. We, this we're, is, we're seeing it over and over again. Yeah, that this is, is the robots in car uh, f- uh, factories argument that like, okay, now cars, you know, cars used to be, you know, or Henry Ford came in and he's like, we're going to have multiple people building one car. Everyone does the same part over and over again. And I was like, you know, let's get rid of the people. What's the problem with this process? It's the people. Right. It's they make mistakes. They have uh, health benefits. They have insurance. They have uh, well, they and paid. I'm going to guess <laughs> whatever the bad um, news, which everybody, at least politicians, tries to hide is those jobs fact checking are fewer than those original jobs writing or sure. the jobs, uh, you know, it's, checking it's, the robots. Yeah. Oh my God. And plus, it's uh, it's like a TSA type job. These guys, like, <laughs> like who well, are these you know, people? There are you know? bad jobs out there that are human driven. Lots of them that could be right. replaced by machines. That maybe those humans wouldn't mind so much. There's a guy now suing Meta because it was so traumatizing to be the guy who looked at all those oh, horrible God, yes. images. Yep. Uh, and it's put him, you know, put him in the loony bin, and uh, you know, right. that's a terrible job. And a machine, if a machine could do that. I don't think anybody would say, oh, no, I want to keep that job. Yeah, but, you know, this is Apple just tried to do this on the iPhone and they had to back off because people were taking mm, pictures mm-hmm, of their own kids and mm-hmm. they're like, hey, this that's is child right. abuse or whatever. And it's like, no, it isn't. No, that's right. And the, everything has we're, a little backside we, to is it. Is it because we're in an interim where the machines are not good enough yet? And I, I would, yeah. I mean, you could make the argument, I guess you kind of have, that the, the only way to get the machines good enough is to do this out in public now with real humans. And yeah, we're going to be guinea pigs. Same thing with self-driving cars, right? There's only so far you can go with self-driving cars, and uh, you got to sure. put them on the road at some point. At which point, you and I are all are beta testers for Elon Musk's right. crazy car, and people have died. People mm-hmm. have died, but that's the no. Price granted, of, those people I, were idiots in some cases, like reading a magazine. Well, but or no, whatever no, no. There is also know. victims because. You know, no, no. A, I know that. I'm, there no, was I'm a sorry. car. I don't, I don't mean there was a right, Tesla that stopped on yep. a dime in the. Bay on the Bay Bridge and uh, people, there was a seven car, six car pileup, injured a sure. bunch of people because the Tesla said, oh, I think I see something. So um, there's risks to all of us, whether we're, you know, participating yeah. or not. And yet that's how you make progress, getting- right? I mean, you can't go, <clears throat> you can't go to the moon without risking, without great yeah. risk. And yet, you yeah, know, but we don't send a busload of people down to Detroit and say, oh, actually we're going to the moon. You know, like, I mean, you know, like, yeah, no, I hear you, but people sign up for that. I mean, well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting conundrum. I mean, this is how you make progress. Yeah. I guess that's what Microsoft would argue. Certainly what OpenAI is arguing is, well, we got to do this in public at this point. Yes. Well, the point being, we've done the conservative approach for several years. We've reached right. this point where people appear to be interested back to the hundred million in two months. And yep. so, okay, we'll give you more. It, you know, 
it's entirely possible that three months from now they're going to go, well, I didn't go well and shut it off. You know, there may be another you, but, pay uh, but But can you really? I mean, so Microsoft could do that to some degree. Does Google also say, okay, you're right. But there's all these little apps out in the world, all these little services. I have this quick little note in the, the notes about I was led into the Notion AI beta yesterday, I think. Hmm. Um, oh, you know, I'm so jealous. This is, what does that even mean? It writes the no show idea. for him. I didn't write it. it I, in fact, it wrote all the articles, linked to them, and I didn't do anything. It was perfect. Um, it's in so French. Jealous. Yeah, it's French. But, uh, Actually, you could say that. Do Windows Weekly in French. <laughs> right it would probably do that really well. Sure. There'd be a lot of me going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 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 when, I, when I make fun of Microsoft, you know. Fetche um, le gong. <laughs> yep. Look, I feel like we we're not going to stop this from happening, you know, although there is precedent for what Richard just said, right? Um, Microsoft pulled back software for law enforcement agencies that was doing facial recognition because it was biased against people with dark skin, you yeah. know, for example. So they basically at some point said, you know what, we can't put this out in the world. And there's a great example of software created by, I'm just going to call it middle-aged white guys. Uh, did a really bad job of looking at people that weren't just like them. And that's the kind of weird bias that gets built in to software that we don't really understand when it's this complex. Well, and, and you, again, with all of all of the stable diffusion stuff, it's like when the signatures of the artist showed up in the art, it's like, hey, you trained us on copyrighted material. Yeah, yeah. Like we have definitely learned by putting mm -hmm. these things forward. And now, you know, the question is, are we going to clean it up? I, I was wondering how long ChatGPT would be up. It felt like yeah. an experiment. That's right. That it's gotten to a certain place. I just wonder if there's this magic tipping point with this many users where it's like, well, we, we can't stop now. It's too many users. Right. Right. And I, honestly, I hope that's not true. I know. Like it's, that's kind of a bad metric. Uh, this is so. It's a little. It's a little scary. How quick? This no, is you know, happening. You don't know history when you're in it, right? That's right. So we're we're feeling around for it. Like I said, yeah. I, well, isn't I that feel, a, that's a good way of putting it. This yeah. could be historic. We'll see. It, it reminds me <laughs> of the IE Chrome duels in 2011 over HTML5. Right. You know, that would be the most constructive version of this, where two you know, powerful companies with great developers cheap trying to one-up themselves to build a better and better product. Like yep. JavaScript was transformed by that initiative. That's Our true. ability to browse was transformed. They, they, to make what made HTML5 the standard it became was that those that 2011, 2012 dual period where they tried so hard to do better oh, than the, the age, others. The age of the acid test. I miss it so. <laughs> but so this the thing is we don't know. This could be that. And genuinely, we're going to make yeah. a phenomenal acceleration in important products that will make a difference for folks. Or it's going to be carnage. <laughs> it could be a little both. I, 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 this is maybe the beginning of the foundation trilogy, really. I mean, <laughs> what? Um, so, you know, look, I mean, we're not, it's not going to be Hell 9000, but what is the risk? They're just, I mean, the, the initial risk that we see is, is just, People, uh, disinformation. Well, Over-reliance on technology has all kinds of risks. It's not just misinformation, right? But um, there's all kinds of legal issues there. Like we already talked about some of the copyright type stuff. There's the loss of jobs Yeah, issue, as you writers, know? you should probably um, not yeah, be I mean, I was, about this. Coders I are not thrilled because it writes code. I mean, Copilot is taking code from 
Which is also, by the we, way, well, so too. like the, the the quality of just news, right, has gone downhill so dramatically over the past two, three decades, whatever, right? And I always use the same example. Because it's because it's what happened. You know, there were things like the creation of USA Today in the 1980s, where it was like, oh boy, what, you know, what's going on here? Or headline news in the early 1990s, um, and then the uh, if the phenomenon, which by the way, you should look at this, look this up on YouTube or whatever, of how local news is always exactly the same no matter where you are in the United States. And that's not an exaggeration. It's literally exactly the same. And now we have, you know, we rely on blogs and news feeds and, you know, who knows how this stuff is curated. And now this is what they're using as the basis. You know, we don't have the the standards we used to have. When I, when I started at Windows NT Magazine, I couldn't write anything that would appear in print until it was seen by at least four different people. They were editor. No, I mean there were there were yeah. huge there reviews. Were copy editors, remember that? Co- copy editors, tech editors, Fact everything. Checker. Yep, Fact check- Fact exactly. Checkers. It was incredible. And uh, that's, I mean, that went away really quick. But that was, you know, I was right at the tail end of that little phenomenon. But it's amazing um, to look at blog posts these days, even on big, prestigious yeah, sites just, where they're spellings and all yep, sorts of yep. things are. Yeah, and I'm not. Listen, I'm absolutely part of the problem. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not. Nobody's uh, fact checking you. That. Yeah, who's, who's <laughs> fact checking? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's um, the beauty of podcasting. No one had any expectations about fact checking or. I like you know or... people. <laughs> people will send in like little corrections from time to time, which is always appreciated. Uh, it's amusing to me sometimes. They'll send it in for like a newsletter. It's like I can't really. Can't really fix that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's got to, It's gone. It's uh, no. I appreciate it though. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, always. It's always. impossible not to be make, make mistakes from well, we time talk, to time. I, I, yes, we're human, and this is that's kind of the problem, isn't it? You know, yeah. we. You know, with, there, when the, the, even the, to, to it's not day, human. <laughs> it's not human. That's the oh, point. <laughs> but it's t- it, but it was made by humans, and it's taking all of our awfulness from online. Oh, but it's spelling is it. always right, though. I mean, it knows how to spell okay. at least. Okay, that's good. That's its good. grammar's it's pretty good. Spelled, even if it's the wrong word. Yeah, the wrong yeah. word, uh, rightly spelled. Yeah. I mean, one there of the go. problems you've got here is that people tend to uh, overvalue what the machine says. Right. And, that's right. And that becomes the scale. Well, the machine said it, so it must be correct. That was the point of the uh, stochastic parrots piece that got Timnit Gebru fired at mm-hmm. Google. She was their uh, AI ethicist. And her right. concern was it has the, the, the ring of authority and that yeah. so people will trust it more than another person when, in fact, you know, it's, it's easily confidently wrong. And we're seeing that. Very I mean, much. there's well, nothing worse than confidently wrong. Bullshit, yeah. Right. By the way. Well, you know what, though? The, we, they would point we believe out, nonsense without computers, oh, right? I mean, we, my God, we're all in our stupid little bubbles and we, we believe our own stupid little things. We don't things. need help. Let's, let's no, we, uh, no, we don't. We really don't. We don't, but we also maybe don't need to amplify it any further. Exactly. I mean, so in its uh, defense, OpenAI says ChatGPT was not ever designed to be factual. That wasn't in the design parameters. Right. It's, I, it's like auto. It's no. It's like <laughs> autocorrect on your phone. Um, it's not mm. thinking about well, is this accurate? It's saying, but what would be the next word if sure. I said this word? Now, that's not to say you couldn't prioritize uh, correctness. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I think there's ways to do that. In fact, Stephen Wolfram wrote a, an excellent piece uh, talking about the factual errors, the mathematics errors in ChatGPT. And he said, you know, if you incorporated Wolfram Alpha, where we focus on correctness for math, you'd have a better right. thing. And in fact, 
I've, I've read, I don't know, but I've read that they did, in fact, address that with ChatGPT and math errors have much improved. So it is possible, I think, right, to make it accurate. And these are the kind of improvements you're talking about. Right. Yeah. The things that we go sort of discover and uh, and can fight against and make a better system from ultimately. Although, you know, I, maybe OpenAI should have realized not prioritizing facts was potentially a problem. <laughs> well, the statement you just read from OpenAI reads a lot like Elon Musk saying autopilot is not for driving your car automatically. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. They know. They designed it. They know it's yeah. not capable of as well. But, uh, but they exploit others' misunderstanding of right. that. Well, Elon does. Elon does for marketing and sales purposes as well as more data. Um. Mm. So, uh, look, we hold Microsoft to a higher standard than we hope hold OpenAI. So maybe this is going to be a good thing. But don't you feel like Microsoft is like a kid in a candy store with this thing? They're, I mean, you know, they, these are – I still – I hope – did I put the thing about Zoom in here? I, I, they yeah. are thrilled, so, aren't they, to be able to say, neener, neener, we beat Google. <laughs> right, which is, you know, a little – Less than I'm expecting from this company, right? Yeah. Like in, in the same vein as my complaints about how these big tech companies all race to add employees and, you know, put all these free services and then are firing all these employees and are starting to charge for everything again. It's like, seriously, I, I, this is the level of competency at the upper levels of these companies. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. I still, I look, I, I don't, the genie's out. I don't feel like we can get this back, but I'm still blown away by the fact that Microsoft went at this so hard so fast um it's just it's just doesn't it's interesting I, I, it should Gotta excite go. me I, I, it kind of I, I don't know it's weird you don't just see it as a post-consent decree microsoft that's more assertive Whew, man i mean we took a 20-year gap on that i mean uh Consent decree ended in 2011 it's 2023 yeah. okay so 10 a decade yeah so when yeah. it's yeah steve ballmer must have left what 2014 something like that 2013 yeah 2013 so this is uh okay so we're almost a decade into Satya Nadella. Post Steve Ballmer. Like, this guy is himself an ai construct from what i can tell <laughs> you know like i mean you know like i, I and maybe that ai has just gotten better maybe that's what we're seeing i don't know yeah um, it is fascinating why now other than they had this opportunity well right. i mean uh, as childish as it sounds it really does feel like they were really happy because look they've been yes. struggling with bing yep you know for a long time i'm sure internally they believe bing is every bit as good as google google actually is crap getting crappier and crappier i think uh, i don't no, think they, i'm wrong they've definitely been well, they, this is the, like Windows before it, they are struggling under the weight of being dominant for so long. Yeah, it's yeah. not a good position yeah, yeah. for anybody. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to be the king, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It tend to get but fundamentally, chopped off. Consistently, tech companies suck at leading. Yeah, yeah. When they're chasing, they yeah. work really hard. In that's the right. Business. Well, yeah, that's that. That they was the IE thing. You know, that, when Microsoft didn't have any browser competition, they stopped working on the browser. Sure. You know, that was so but I, they didn't launch this in Bing yet. I went to Bing immediately to see. And well, it's I in a limited preview. So you um, have to you, apply. You have or? to get on a wait list. That's right. Yep. And by the way, not to. Well, no, screw it. I will. I'm going to jump right on this bandwagon. Mm -hmm. They I so I, I let me see if I can just find a screenshot of this. They I must have taken a picture of this. Surely. Yeah. So yeah. You, you get on the wait list. Right. And it says, hey, 
you could get to the top. You can go to the front line if you want, buddy. This is oh, what you got to do. How do you do that? Set, set your Microsoft defaults on your PC and scan the QR code to install the Microsoft Bing app on your phone. So here's the thing. First of all, the Microsoft defaults, this is that thing I talked about. This is the reason I had to rejigger the entire Microsoft Edge part of my uh, Windows 11 book because those Microsoft defaults are to allow Microsoft to track you online. That's what that's for. It's to make the web better for Microsoft, not to make the web better for you. And then the, the Bing mobile app, first of all, <laughs> nobody wants to use the Bing mobile app, but the Bing mobile app's not getting this new Bing thing. This is the old Bing. So if you want to get to the front of the line, you basically have to just sell your soul to Microsoft. And I, it's, geez, it's just... Do I have to use uh, Edge as my browser to do it? Yes, that's part of the Microsoft defaults, yeah. Mm. I know. I don't like that. <laughs> mm. You're giving up a lot when you do this. Well, and I've been using Neva, as I've said many times now, a, a paid yeah, sure. search engine, which I love, which has its own chat GPT-like. And it's, by the way, been very good. AI synopsis, mm -hmm. kind of its knowledge graph. I'm very nice. happily using that. In fact, the more I use it, the more I feel like yeah. I don't need uh, Google anymore. I don't need Bing. I definitely don't need Edge. <laughs> I Leo, I can I even run Edge on my Mac? <laughs> more. Can I run it on Mac? Can I run it on Linux? Yes, yes, you can. So I would have to change from Firefox everywhere to Edge everywhere to use this. Maybe not. You, yeah, but uh, well, to to, uh, well, to jump well, to, to the front of the list, you'd have to be you'd have to be on Windows. Yeah. Right? They want you to use Windows. Oh, you can't. Yeah. Okay. So Neva there are no works Microsoft defaults on on the Mac. <laughs> you know. So. Get ahead in the line when you complete the following. Set Microsoft yep. defaults in your PC. Let's see what Chrome. that involves. What yeah, do I have to do? It. Click the Add to Firefox button below to start the installation. Mm. The Bing search engine. And I already am using Bing wallpaper. So how hard could this be? Oh, oh I shouldn't really do, this. do this. Should yourself? I do it really? I, well, I can always well, undo it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Microsoft Bing search engine was added. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, to begin using Microsoft Bing search engine, review the following. Bing search engine shares technical and device data with Microsoft. Okay. Then manage some of <laughs> Bing and Maine's cookies and ongoing measurement. Okay. Accept. Oh. Okay. Start your search in the address bar to see suggestions. Okay. But is this now doing it? I don't know. It Should like I ask it something? Sure. Yeah. How Ask. many, let's see, how much, let's do it how many, this way. How many how much hells wood, are there in a Skynet? Yeah, how much mm. wood would a woodchuck chuck? Well, look, it's it's auto-completing. Auto mm. Right. <laughs> no, see, that 700 pounds is not chat GPT. That's, that's <laughs> that looks like, that looks like old Bing. That's old Bing. That's old Bing. That's old Bing. Let me see if nice Neva, answer, let me see if I go to Neva and I ask Neva... How much wood would a woodchuck chuck again autocomplete? And here is look at that. The auto AI answer is according to the Poetry Foundation, a woodchuck would chuck as much wood as a woodchuck would chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Which researchers and by the way, I love the footnotes. Re yep. that okay, that's from library.bc.edu. This one's from thoughtco.com. Researchers so, at Cordell determined a woodchuck would chuck about seven hundred pounds of dirt. Dirt, dirt. No, it's wood a day. Hmm. 
Oh, he's chucking it, so maybe he's chucking it down. How much dirt, wood like would a woodchuck chuck? Um, <laughs> the Microsoft, whatever it's called, Bing AI search results also provide footnotes where they explain where they got Sorting. this data from. Yeah, One I like that, by I the way. that's ChatGPT does not do that, and I really think that's important. See, I, I do too, but then again, it's like, I don't know that most people... I think the most you can expect from a normal mainstream user would be a quick glance at that and you recognize one of the sources and you're like, yeah, this must be fine. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I appreciate that they're doing that. But one of the big complaints from people who were at the event was that uh, what are these sources? <laughs> like some of them were like, like I've been a journalist okay. for 25 years and I've never so heard of this source. <laughs> Neva <laughs> like, addresses this? this. You know, they even have a little icon Next to trusted mm -hmm. sources. So if you ask it something that's controversial, like, does the COVID uh -huh. vaccine work? It will say, okay, we have these results, right. but these are trusted. We consider trusted sources like, you know, the CDC or the Institute, National sure. Institute of Health. And then in the summary, it only uses those trusted ones. So it's this is an example of how by putting it out in public, and they've been doing this for a few weeks now, they get some feedback and they can improve it. So I understand that. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I mean, they're they're actually grading the sources and telling you how they grade them and so forth. That's good transparency. Mm. There's even okay. that's good. I'm I'm not getting it on this right yeah, now. That's good. But if I say, let's see, uh, how how did Biden do uh, in the State of the Union? And it'll show me. This is really interesting. I really love Neva. It's five bucks a month. I don't, they're not a sponsor, but. I have to say I value I value this. I'm not getting it now. But they had a bar with red on on the right and blue on the left and you have yeah. a slider and you can say do I want to hear mm -hmm. do I it starts in the middle but do I want it to be favor conservative sites or liberal sites which I thought was hmm. really interesting. Hmm. So I don't see that right it's now. Interesting but, but I feel like that's what we need less of. <laughs> you know, I got but I guess this is an opinion. Well, you get a choice, right? Um, you may, you're saying it should always yeah, be in the yeah. middle, and it is defaulting to the middle. Well, for example, is the COVID-19 vaccine effective? The answer is, well, yeah. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. There are some people who don't believe that. That doesn't mean that there are two sides to every argument. It's just, no, no, you know, I agree. And it's not doing facts both sides. We talked about ground.news last yeah. week, and it shows for our articles, you know, where what forces of bias the, the given writing oh yeah. that that's, that's right valuable, the, that's right? exactly right so the source uh the the service that richard talked about last week or whatever that was yeah the I that. They, yeah. yeah uh this uh, whether like sources lean in some direction or the other mm -hmm. here's the um yeah i thought that was really interesting here's the yeah. neva uh source uh search result oh i don't know what's going on there that's interesting well, here's the top half of the Neva search result on the bottom <laughs> half. Hello. Uh, right, right. Uh, but you see, it's got these sources that uh, they uh, approve. Like Yale Medicine is verified. CDC is verified. Mayo Clinic. Mm -hmm. And then there's some others, like GoodRx.com, which I think is fine, is reasonable. Uh, MedicalExpress.com, but those don't say verified. Okay. So it's interesting. I I is think we disgruntledbob.com in there somewhere? Is he uh, Bob. <laughs> opinion? Your uncle. Is he floating up there. Angrydoc.com. <laughs> yeah, my uh, disgruntled Uncle Bob, yeah. He stopped showing up to family events because he heard we were all vaccinated. <laughs> He's got a blog. It's, it's entertaining. You know, it's Don't get that vaccine shedding on me. <laughs> yep. 
anyway, apparently I'm all when set. I look at you through these sunglasses. You all shine a little bit. So I am yeah, now all set. set. Um, but but <laughs> I don't see set. Chat GPT either. I'm all uh, set. I'm now screwed up my settings. Oh, you're all set. <laughs> Everything's set. You're all set. Well, I guess if I'm, I mean, I should, if I'm going to use, got its tendrils into your if I'm going to use Windows, browser. I should, uh, I should be using Edge, right? Let me do a new Edge window and see if I get anything. Mm -hmm. What should I, what should I, uh, yeah, see, it doesn't, I don't know. Let's see. Who won the Grammys? Well, you know, well, this will search Bing, but. For 2023, am I going to get, yeah, but see, I'm not getting a, sure. uh, that thing. This is just you're just seeing the, the seeing regular thing. ping. You're not on the you're not on the new thing yet. Yeah, yeah. You, you're all set. To this be is on not AI bing. It's it's boring. Yeah. No, I don't know. Look at what's trending. Church of England considered gender neutral god. Grandmother murdered granddaughter. Jill Biden kisses Harris's husband. Michael. J <laughs> Holy cow! Holy cow! Microsoft's deal could harm gamers. How'd that get in here? <laughs> right. Could harm gamers. Somebody's got to. We pounded this AI topic to death. Yes. I mean, we know. Yes. You want to move on, I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, know, I mean, in, <laughs> far be it from me. Like, now that you've got uh, me uh, completely screwed up my Windows settings, let's move on. Oh, I love everything about that. And, and we'll see when you actually get AI Bing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, and that's what right. I wanted, right? That's what that's I wanted. Right. Um, I did not get up at 530 Pacific for the Google thing, but uh, I presume you did, Paul. Did you watch the Bard announcement? I did not. Okay, how about you, Mister Sweet? I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I've read the I read the blog posts. Yeah. Anything to worry about from Microsoft's point of view? Is this honestly? It seemed a little underwhelming. Yeah. No kidding. I, you know, it's another one of those. And uh, we got and that. And the way they raced this, yeah. Not that Microsoft yeah. hasn't they, done they that. Kind of talked about what they had, they, and they were like, "Really? Yeah, really." When remember when the iPad came out, Microsoft said, "Well, we've got a really big thing like that." <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Sure. Oh, <laughs> well, we got that. I yeah. told this story before, but a million a million years ago, I went out to Mountain View, California. Microsoft had offices out there at the time; they probably still do. But uh, there were Windows. There was some Windows Mobile guys out there, and uh, the iPhone had come out. Had come out, and it was probably like a year, year and a half later, and they responded with. You know, Windows Mobile, I think 6 and then 6.5 had kind of a, you know, a little UI thing. And we're in some meeting and we're talking and talking and, you know, I'm taking notes. And finally, I just I stopped typing. I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I was like, guys, wh when are you going to do something to respond to the iPhone? And they're like, the iPhone? What do you mean? I'm like, they're killing you. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? when are you going to do something that takes on the iPhone? And this person said, well, the iPhone just verifies what we've known all along, that consumers would embrace a multi-touch, you know, whatever device. And I was like, then why didn't you make it? <laughs> like, what? I knew that. You let some other company do that. it? Like, what? You're like, oh, yeah, no, we knew this. We knew this would work. You're like, oh, you, you, you knew it would work. <laughs> you know? Many years ago, Martin okay. Short used to just do a character crazy. on Saturday Night Live, which was this kind of sleazy lawyer who was always smoking a cigarette. And anytime you said something like, you know, yeah. your client has confessed, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. Yep. Um, right. All right. Enough. You, and I think Richard Ludicrous. has called a quorum or whatever you call it, cloture. 
on the chat GPT. Richard just had his Mary Joe moment. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Exactly. Bring us <laughs> on. Mm-hmm. But, the like, oh, but I do want to ask before we move on, because yep. the chat room's mm-hmm. asking, everybody wants to know. So what yes. did you get with Notion's AI beta? Did you get anything special out of that? I have no idea. I've not used it yet. So, oh, yeah, okay. so what it will do is what you would expect. It will help you. You can say, I need to do this, and it will help you organize a, a document along those lines. Uh, but I've not used it yet. I think another one of those The, the maybe... trouble for me is I don't use Notion for... Right. Anything hmm. but the show. I think it's another one of those maybe... Um, I, I, I knew that. I could do that. Oh, no, I can do that. Um, people want that. I can do it. And then it's not really anything. I, there's little bits of AI in everything. And, and it's right. going to get bigger. You us. know, like we use yeah. Grammarly to do spelling and grammar yeah, checking AI, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. There's a little bit of this sprinkled around the world, you know, and, and, uh, and we're going to expect it from our tools. Uh, there are. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Right. I, I, this could lead to an explosion of that. You know, I guess we'll see. All right, let's take a little break. I want to talk a little bit about our great sponsor, Lenovo. Love them. Orchestrated by the experts at CDW. Sit in front of a nice ThinkPad right now. The helpful people at CDW understand that as the world changes, your organization has to change just as fast. You've got to adapt to be successful, right? So how can CDW help your business stay ahead of the curve? Well with Lenovo ThinkPads. These powerful devices deliver the business class performance you're looking for thanks to Windows 10 and the Intel Evo platform. With your remote teams working across the country and around the world, collaboration isn't a problem because Lenovo ThinkPads keep your organization productive and connected from anywhere. Plus, CDW knows your workforce has different work styles. Everybody needs flexibility these days. That's why Lenovo ThinkPads are equipped with responsive tools and built-in features that let your team work seamlessly across all their favorite tools. Think about that for a second. Oh, and let's not forget about security. These high-performing machines protect at the highest level with built-in hardware to guard them against modern threats without slowing your team down. When you need to get more out of your technology, Lenovo makes seamless productivity possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash Lenovo client. Please use that URL so they know you saw it on Windows Weekly. cdw.com slash Lenovo client. All one word, Lenovo client. We thank CDW for their support of Paul and Mr. Uh, Sweden there, Rich Campbell. Uh, it's good to have you both on the show uh, from your respective distant, remote, faraway places. What do you got against Mastodon, Paul? <laughs> what, against Mastodon? Yeah. What do you, you mean? write an article saying it's over for Mastodon. You hurt me. You broke my little, my little tootin' heart right here. Well, you know, I'm not going to apologize for reporting facts. Mastodon <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, had a week in the sun. It was yeah. brief. One brief shining was, moment. Yeah. No, I, the, the comparison I made is uh, to Linux. I'm like, you know, it may ultimately work out that there's this really techie audience that loves it, and the mainstream goes in a different direction. And that's, you know. It wasn't enough just to stab me in the heart. You had a running around in circles with the Linux thing. You love Linux. I know. <laughs> so what's the problem? 
Mastodon, it's over, like Linux. I didn't say it was over. I said <laughs> they're losing users. It's just, uh, oh, all right, that's fine. Uh, yeah. We're very happy over in our little uh, Linux. Yeah, no, I like it too. I, I, you know, I core, wish there was more going on for me. But you know, what, what are you going to? There do? seems to be a lot going on for me. Maybe it's just I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's me. I don't. Yeah, know. no, I'm sure all I'm right. doing something right. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I usually am. I'm not saying so. that. Uh, let's continue on because you didn't put that in the notes. I just had to give you a little bit of a sure. hard time for that. That's let's right. talk about Windows 12. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, well, no. we talked about this it's a little time. bit before. You it's might, time. you might, for, you might forget. So when CES happened, Panos Panay stood on stage with the CEO of AMD. A really awkward exchange. Um, it's pretty clear that Panos needs to be really well rehearsed and, uh, everything has to be just right. You know, for things things to go well for him, this was not one of those occasions. However, he did talk about this thing, which we thought we would have talked about at the time, maybe uh, a little bit less than a month ago, that uh, NPUs are coming to PCs. They started in the Qualcomm-based PCs, coming to AMD. They're coming to Intel. So the current generation Intel desktop chips can get an M2 adapter sometime this year to add MPU to them. And then the 14th gen that's coming out this fall will just have it natively on the chipset. And that this is going to enable all these cool AI features that we're just starting to talk about. And uh, the big one that we have talked about is something that Microsoft now calls Windows Studio Effects. And these are those things where the camera can kind of follow you around. And if you, you look down, it looks like your eyes are staying straight at the camera. You know, all that kind of stuff. Creepy. Creepy. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. creepy. Yep. There's been, for yep. some reason, a spate of people putting uh, pictures of famous movie scenes up with a guy mm -hmm. instead of where the eyes are just there, looking forward looking yeah, at yeah, you and it's like, ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like the boys from brazil or something so i i would have said i know i said at the time i sort of walked back from it at the time i said you know it wouldn't surprise me if microsoft made an mpu the a a hardware requirement for windows 12 and then as i sort of said that out loud i realized well hold on a second i mean they already ran into trouble with the hardware requirements in windows 11 it really yeah, but now yeah, why not? Limited the audience. Well, I just know, be jerky whatever. all around. I mean, just keep on going. Well, double down. except for one thing. What's happening now with AI is very exciting to normal people, right? There's all these little apps that you can make paintings of yourself or do whatever right, you want with right, art or, right. you know, whatever. And maybe if they can make a good enough case for this, um, this would trigger the thing that Microsoft and, of course, his PC uh, maker partners want, which is a. Uh, Another upgrade cycle, right? Something akin to what happened during the pandemic. And, you know, back in uh, whenever that was, the first week, second week of January, that sounded a little far-fetched, which is why I kind of stepped back from it. But now with all this open AI, chat GPT, whatever, I'm like, well, hold on a second. Maybe, you know, maybe this is, maybe that's what Windows 12 is. You know, in other words, I'm not saying that actually, uh, they probably wouldn't limit it just to uh, MPU-based computers, but you wouldn't get all this AI-based well, functionality. Let me ask uh, you guys about it. this. So the neural processing unit, yeah, mm -hmm. NPU, um, yep. helps with machine learning, but do right. you need it once the model exists? I mean, I understand that TPUs well, and things like that are used to build giant models to process a lot of data to build a model, but once the model's done... Do you yeah. need all these this additional special hardware? Absolutely, yeah, you because you're still running the model. Okay, right. You're okay, just not because like stable diffusion not, requires a heavy duty GPU, but yeah. it, uh, that's because it's a graphics I mean, it's program. They're pretty. 
right? They're both scalar processors. Okay, so you still need, okay, good. I'm glad you clarified this because I've wondered this for a long time. I understand that the TPU is necessary for generating the data sets. Right. Okay, so now, you still need could argue the, they could do a lot of that in the GPU. Yeah. But having dedicated neural nets for this is faster and lighter. The GPU has a bunch of other stuff on it that are not necessary. In general, though, once a once um, a data set's done, you're not adding to it. Or maybe you are. Maybe that's no. part of it. Well, I mean, there, but there's lots of problems with that. I mean, part of what's made ChatGPT successful is they're very careful with what user utilization right. gets added. Well, look so what happens with autocorrect. I mean, pretty soon autocorrect, at least in some people's hands, is swearing like a sailor because it you sure. use the bad words so often. It figures you want to use it all the time. Well, that might be what you want. <laughs> you know? uh, I don't know. I I, um, I think there's an important model here, though, that the industry has followed, and I think we're going to see it happen in the PC space, which is that Apple, because it doesn't, Apple has enormous data centers, but they don't have like these AI, you know, uh, compute clusters up in the cloud, like say Google and Microsoft and maybe Amazon have, and so they started pushing this notion of MPU on the client, and it was you know what happens on your iPhone stays in your iPhone. It was a really good model for them because it kind of worked, it kind of worked into their whole privacy thing and all that stuff. And, you know, we're going to do this processing locally where Google at the time had to do it up in the cloud. The funny thing about that is actually there are huge advantages to that. So Google adopted that. You talked about autocorrect. So a lot of the Google autocorrect stuff, if I'm not mistaken, occurs completely on the device now. They don't actually have to go to the cloud anymore. Uh, that Apple's model had some advantages to it. Um, and, Obviously, for real-time things like the video stuff I was talking about, the Windows Studio effects, you know, that has to happen. You know, obviously, that has that's local processing. That has to happen on the computer for that to make sense. And so I do feel like there's a, an opportunity for Microsoft to do on the PC client what Apple and Google now have done with AI on mobile. And because computers are where we get productivity work done, that this could maybe this could maybe be a game changer for the PC. Because of the available compute? Because of the available compute and because of the types of things that we use, you know, computers for. In other words, like on a phone, it's there's these little things that, you know, like um, we're going to remove uh, a background image from a photo or we're going to do autocorrect, like Leo said, or right. we're going to use a, a, an app to make a, a cartoon version of your face. Like you take a selfie and we, there's all these different versions of it. And that's great. I mean, that stuff's all great. And, and some of that's productivity related, but... Um, you know, when you're writing a document, when you're creating an Excel spreadsheet or you're creating a PowerPoint presentation, yeah, I guess we could tailor AI tasks for individual apps, and I'm sure they will. But Windows yeah. has this base platform that I think makes sense for AI. I think AI makes sense in, as part of the Windows platform. Well, you're talking about the search pill, right? Like the search well, pill in Windows. I hope not. <laughs> But yeah, but okay. Part yeah. of the idea there is sometimes I type in the name of an app or name of a, a task and the search right. comes up and goes, well, you have that app. Yes, right. right? And, you know, let That's me right. take you there as opposed to actually pulls from Bing and brings up some links. So, I mean, the, the, right. your point about position is important that the most macro view is the Windows bar. It's, you know, the search. Bar. Yeah. Right. And, and today, you know, we've, we've made fun of, or maybe actually the right way to say it is we have criticized this thing that Microsoft has put into search in Windows where you bring up the search interface, which is the same size and shape as the start menu. And it has this search highlight thing over on the side. And what if that was actually useful? 
right? In other words, instead of search highlights that are like, hey, Jules Fern was born today, which apparently was the case today, right. um, which is interesting, but not the reason I went to search, right? So today that's kind of a distraction. But rather, this became the center of I want to get something done, you know. Um, Microsoft has tried this in unsophisticated ways. I mean, everyone remembers things like, you know, Clippy, obviously, uh, and Bob before it. Um, But also, I would say there was there's this kind of um, document center interface that Microsoft created for Windows 95 and then stepped away from really quickly that I always thought was really interesting. And the idea was. Instead of thinking, because you have to do this on mobile too. This was, by the way, they tried it again with Windows Phone. I want to create a document. What's the application I use for that? It's Microsoft Word. So I got to go find Microsoft Word. Like instead of that, just say, I want to create a document. Right. You know, and that was, it was kind of a neat idea. Not really, I need to write down some stuff. Yeah. Right. 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 The app from or, there or, is secondary to the point. And, and right. And they, they started this notion of, um, compound documents, this idea that sometimes a document is something that's not just a spreadsheet or a word processing, word processing document. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that might be a word processing document that has a spreadsheet inside of it, right? Yeah, as part of that. Table. Right. And that when you but it's click on be that more thing, than a better Bob. Does it? <laughs> well, I mean, in other words, like we, we've been using this. You think Clip, this was Clippy this, would be embraced if Clippy had AI instead of. No, no, no. So I, actually, maybe the better example is Windows Phone because uh, that, it's more recent and it's a more modern example of Microsoft's thinking along these lines. Like Microsoft with Windows Phone created this notion of hubs. And the idea was, I want to share photos with somebody. You don't have to think Instagram, Facebook, you know, Flickr, whatever, the Google Photos, whatever the services are. You just go to this interface and you say, pick your photos. And now you say, where do you want them to go? You're like, hey, I want them to go to these places. Or maybe this is an automatic default, whatever it is. Right. And it just happens. You it, it, it you stop thinking about brands, which was the problem, by the way, with Windows Phone, mm-hmm. but was the idea. And you stop thinking about apps. And you just think about that thing that it is that you want to do. This is the essence the of AI. too, right? The, the contact yeah. is, was agnostic all this. I mean, yep. you're talking, in theory, when we finally see it, the Bing AI will look like ChatGPT. It'll be a bigger box that you can type into. Yeah. Why does it have to be in the browser? Like, what does that buy you? Yeah, exactly. Why is it just in Windows. Exactly. And it, yeah, and like I'm trying to search. get something done. I want to yeah. do that. Like, I have a goal. That, yeah, that is ChatGPT. Like, you go to ChatGPT and you say, you know, I whatever it is, I want to know this thing, whatever it is. Like, why couldn't we go to Windows and say, I want to get this done? Right. You know, work and, told me I need to create a presentation about our annual report. Blah blah blah. Whatever it is. And it's in this case, maybe you're connected to your corporate uh, resources. It has that information on the Microsoft graph. Bah, 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 comes up, and you know maybe that's the start of the process. Um, you could put that. I'm sure they will. They'll put it in. They'll put it in Word. They'll put it in PowerPoint and all that stuff. But when when you go to one tool, you're by definition limited to the capabilities of a one tool of the tool. Yeah, yeah. everything is a word. If you're in Word, everything's a doc. Right. If you're in, That's right. If you're in PowerPoint, everything's a presentation. If you're in Windows, it's anything that runs on Windows. Yeah. And this because this could, I mean, again, I'm, I'm fantasizing in a way, other than the fact that the, the evidence is kind of all around us. And Panos Panay talked about this future AI-based version of Windows briefly and vaguely at CES. And the idea here is that this, this is the thing we sit in front of. They keep talking about how the engagement of Windows is higher and higher, mm-hmm. um, even though the PC sales have gone down. People are still spending more time on PCs than they did before the pandemic. This is how we get work done. 
Windows 11, you know, you can look at different versions of Windows and you can say this was the point, right? You can say the point of Windows 8 was mobile. We had mobile in touch. We had to address that. Right. All right. That didn't work out great, but that's what they did. <laughs> Windows 10 was kind of a return to the desktop, but it was also about this idea of like the one Microsoft platform where these apps could run across different hardware devices that were all Microsoft devices. Right. All lens, phone, you know, whatever, you know the story there. Windows, and, and what's the point of Windows 11? It was available everywhere. But what, what's Windows 11, you know? Supermodel, kind of pretty face. No, <laughs> That's what it is. Well, Mac came up with a new OS, so we need a new OS. Yeah, I mean, well, right. So I, I feel like Windows 12 could have a real identity by um, focusing on AI. You know, it would at least make it different. It's just not another Windows, right? I mean, right. when was the and last it, but, time we looked at Windows? Went like you have to have that right. to be competitive. That hasn't been true in a we, long. We've time. also been talking for a long time about how nobody cares about upgrading per se, right? Windows 8, they cared. They were dying to get off of that. But since then, it's like, yeah, whatever. You know, who cares? Okay, look, it's, you know, people, I've had multiple people say, friends of mine who would be like, hey, I got, uh, Microsoft told me I could get Windows 11. Should I bother? I'm like, yeah, it's not going to hurt you. You know, it's fine. And then I'll ask them later. They always say, it's incredible. They're always like, I'm like, what happened? They're like, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, whatever. It didn't really change my life or anything. No one's buying a new computer to get Windows 11. No. And, and that's part of the problem. People bought new computers because of the pandemic. They don't, they couldn't have cared less what it was running. Mm -hmm. But this might be, and it, people are so excited about AI that if they do this right, it, it could drive a, an upgrade cycle. That's it, all. And that's something we've not had in. If it really provides a long time. If it really does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, There's a lot of ifs in here. Yeah. I, yep. And then, you know, you know, I've been building, I built a new workstation myself at one for she who must be obeyed. <laughs> and uh, went win 11 on it yep. right. and turns out the hp network scanner we have oh boy will support windows 11 just fine in 10 well run in 11 right. yeah, but is the model that different i know no. that doesn't make any sense but that's that's they, like almost something they put in on purpose like well sure. time to buy a new printer uh, yeah, it's a, well, it's it's a network <laughs> scanner, so it's a thousand bucks. Because I mean, I don't one. think the driver model's different in eleven from ten. I don't, no, it's not, no, that's that, right. Full stop. That should work. All, all the support goes. Oh no, it stands at ten sixty four bit. Sorry. That means they're checking mm -hmm. the version. Yeah. The version, yeah. You can't use it like an old fashioned compatibility tool. I must. I know it's still built in. No, oh, I tried. The, so I tried. Annoying. I mean, I know the tricks. I ran as admin. I used yeah. compat services. So which, by the way, they don't have a Win Ten compat services mode. They have a Win Seven. They have a Win Eight. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because it's yeah. the same operating. Sure. Oh, sorry. Well, it's like well, it's like okay. Windows two thousand and Windows XP. You know, XP looked a lot different, but it was you know. You don't really <laughs> so need it was a compatibility really, mode. It's the they were yeah. same operating system. Yep. Yeah. It's the it's yep. the supermodel version. Yep. As you say. Right. That's so annoying. But you know what? I'm not surprised. Printer companies are pretty notorious for this kind of junk. No, admittedly, that if that scanner is old, but that scanner is good, works fine. Right. Sure. There's nothing wrong with it. No, they've decided it's time for you to yeah, buy it. We're another. not going to build the Win 11 driver. And maybe they will. Maybe we're in the gap right now where at some point they're going to update the universal driver and it'll just support it. But at this moment, no. I love HP, but this is a company that sells ink subscriptions. I yeah. mean, I don't, you know, I don't you know can, if Paul, good news. You yeah. love 
the good HP, they spin, spun right. out that printer division, that Colorado division. <laughs> that's, no. that's another okay. HP entirely. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? There's HPE. There's well, no, HP, I, I actually I think print, printers, printers and PCs are the uh, same printers? company. Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. So I assume scanners are, not, I'm not really sure. I know there's an HPE that is Enterprise. Yeah, that's the Enterprise. Uh, I thought there were three right. divisions. Let's yeah, ask ChatGPT. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many HPs are there? Well, there's HP Sauce, Leo, and then... <laughs> Which is quite good, by the way, if you mm -hmm. can get it. Yeah, uh, it's no way one, but, it, you know, it's up. Yeah, you're right. The PC and printer business are HP Inc. Yeah, they're together. <laughs> Sorry. I tried. Yeah. I mean, AI-based AI Windows sounds like a gimmick. Yeah. That's the thing you have to watch out for, right? Great. It sounds like a gimmick, but this is one of those things that's got to demo well, right? Um, if you can prove that this thing could help you, yeah. Now, if this becomes stuff done, a competitive advantage, well, it, there's also something going. Uh, not that this is why you would make this product, but I mean, there's a weird dynamic right now in the world where we're all going to work from home, and then suddenly companies are saying, "Eh, you know what? Actually, we want you to come back, or we want you to come back part time, whatever it is." Right. Uh, something that could, you know, make you more productive. Uh, and kind of yeah. make that case for you staying home could be of interest. <laughs> you know, just saying, I mean, it'd be easier than taking an Excel class or whatever, or whatever the number, whatever the, the books or classes or whatever it is you'd have to do to figure out how to get these multiple things to work together. I mean, you know, you hit uh, on a great point from a manager's perspective. The idea that I could look at your chat log with, with the AI in your operating system yeah. Say you took on this project, here's the initial request, and then you drilled in with some content messages and worked on different sure. pieces. Like I, I now have essentially a dialogue you had with your machine about doing your work. In the case of my son, it would have been a 10-second dialogue where he said, make the thing, and they never even looked at it, and then he submitted it. But yeah, I mean, hopefully <laughs> hey, there are some fine. people who... <laughs> that's fine. You know, You'll know the difference, right? The right. Yeah. Um, right. This is, I mean, this is the holy grail. Steve, John Scully made a, a video for Apple yes. years ago, the Knowledge, the Knowledge Navigator. Navigator. Yeah, that right. little yeah. AI in a bow tie mm -hmm. doing exactly that kind of stuff. That's right. what, so this is why these companies are spooked and, and, and maybe even right. running around like chickens with their heads cut off. This is the kind of thing that dis, that changes everything. This is a parrot, could be, we don't know, but potentially. A, a paradigm shift that could reorganize the powers that be. And they're terrified yep. of that. You know, we always say, oh, yeah, you know, there'll always be a Facebook and a Google and an Apple and an IBM. Well, no. <laughs> no. Well, actually, there probably will be an IBM. They're the discover card of technology. They're, they're the cockroach but... of technology companies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they'll survive they'll an around, atomic but, war. Yeah. They'll be around. No one will know what they do, but right. they'll still be around. Right. Yeah. So, but I, I think that whether it's true or not, and I mean, that's, I think still an open question that it is a paradigm shift, but if it is, Ben yep. Thompson at Stratechery says it is, if it is, mm -hmm. then these companies are scrambling because this is the kind of thing that puts you out of business. You know, you, the company, you mean the company, the, the, yeah, this right. could be some, yep. Yep. you know, some garage startup does yep. this right. Well, you know, scale helps. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the you, that's the one thing they've got cloud, going for them, right? Because you need yeah. that. Back. Well, yeah, that's yeah. why that's why Microsoft. I like Microsoft strategy because they're still going to need Azure, right? Yeah. The smart right. thing that's to right. do would be to be you know the guy selling picks and Levi's to the miners. Uh, Actually, that's the biggest thing, point we should have made in the opening AI segment, which is this: um, AI is an existential threat to Google. Um, even if Microsoft doesn't win. 
because so many of those workloads will have to run in the cloud. Yeah. Microsoft could still be fine. They could, they, they might be IBM. Yes. <laughs> They'll be plumbing or whatever, but you know, if Microsoft's uh, AI platforms don't win, so to speak, whatever that means, I, I still think they, they come out on the other side of this fine. There's still this giant diversified company uh, that should, you know, should be successful regardless of what happens. This is a problem for companies like Google, well, for sure. Google especially, you know, yeah, well, potentially. Nothing's threatened their primary product for a long time to the point where the FTC is after them as a monopoly. Right. Uh, you know, right. because clearly when you own that much of the market, you end up stomping on some folks inappropriately, whether intentionally or not. Like that's what we talk right. about when we talk about monopoly. The company to question then is Apple. Because if this goes, if they go down this path with Windows, how does Mac OS respond? They don't have a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's right. They don't have a cloud. Yeah. They don't have a cloud, an AI cloud, like for this kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. No, um, they could build one. Yep. Yeah. They have some money. <laughs> I guess, yeah, they, they, have some money. I guess they, they could figure it out. They but don't they have don't, to go to a multinational cloud like Azure or, yeah. or AWS or, or even GCP to some degree. That's but right. they could they could build out enough infrastructure to operate a similar level of service. It's just a question of, you know, when they're they not a, they're not big on partnering. <laughs> I can tell know, you that. They're going to do it themselves. Um, they'll have to do it themselves. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not like micro, I mean, Microsoft sort of partnering. They, to me, open AI seemed like but I feel, an arm's length deal. Like let's go experiment with AI with this thing over here. Well, there, there are partners, there's partnering that's going to occur on the other side of this equation, right? Because they're going to partner with companies that will build off of their stuff as well, right? right. So there's, there's different levels of partnering. But, yeah. uh, you know, Apple, regardless of what happens in the AI space, Apple is still primarily a devices company. Mm-hmm. And they should be fine in that sort of sense. Like they could do fine without really playing a major role in the cloud. Um. The problem for Google is that if you took away the cloud part, there's nothing left. I mean, there's no, you know, they, How about they really have nothing else. Is this good for Amazon? Couldn't AWS become, they have TPUs. AWS will absolutely play a role in the plumbing part of this, a huge role. You know, there's no doubt no, about it. Um, they're the one that third-party vendors that want to build these products will run against. You know, this is the workload yeah. that a third-party wouldn't bring to Azure because Azure is completing at the client level. Right, you don't want to hit them head uh, on. But it's just, yeah, it's also um, have a client. Mm. Amazon is not what I would call uh, a leading edge. I don't want to say non-innovative. They're not. They're not on the leading edge of hardware. Right? They tend to go really cheap on hardware, super inexpensive chipsets. They they're selling to a mass market. They you know they sell like a fifty dollar tablet, not a four hundred dollar tablet. Um, they're not going to do MPUs right on the device. Like that's not their. That's well, not the, like, the device that's market's not, their not a big deal for them. Right. Yep. Not that they ever did well with it in the first place. Yep. Um, and and in fact, you know, you see their general war against their hardware now with their attacks on Alexa and so forth. Yeah, mm. um, that's they, right. They've got a role to play, certainly on the back end. Yeah, I think they're they're comfortable where they are. That's fine. Like I said, Apple, I think client comfortable where they're they're fine. Microsoft, if everything else goes south, uh, they have Azure. That's going to be fine. Yeah. I, honestly, the outlier here is Google. <laughs> I don't see what happened. Like, if search disappears. Or is declines dramatically? It's That's their entire rate. business. Yeah. It's seventy. I, they, I think a lot. Most recent have quarter been was trying for a decade to try and yeah. diversify their business, yeah. and they have not done all much. that. Money has bought their way into all kinds of different markets, but none of them are hugely successful. Like Google yeah. Cloud did 
have significant growth in the GDP fourth quarter year over year. But Google Enterprise has some growth. Yeah, nothing touches search. It's not even close. No, it's not even close. It's seventy-seven or something percent of their revenues. It's mm. the whole. It's the whole enchilada. Yeah. I speak like that now because I have a place in Mexico. So, <laughs> oh, everything's tamale, yep. this taco, that. Yep, that's just, uh, yeah. just, 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 just slipping right into that mindset. You're now. going. I thought you'd be down there actually. Apparently, <laughs> uh, so did I. Yeah, we're going down March second. Okay, for three right. weeks. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was going to spend the whole winter there this year. Next year. Yep. You're re- you have the resident permit. You can do that, right? Well, we have to finalize it in Mexico City uh, on, in okay. March. So we're going to, okay. yeah. We'll Good. get that little card. Good. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you'll so be in Mexico. Jealous. I will be in New Zealand again. Nice. Officiating another wedding. Yep. Oh, you actually awesome. go to New Zealand to, to, to have, to give, to marry people. Yeah. That's interesting. Is that the only place it'll let you do that? No, no, no. <laughs> no, in fact, they won't even let me do it down there. I'm not a citizen. Well, I am a citizen, but I'm not a resident. Right. So hey, I wait have a minute. to have one of their... I love You're the notion New that New Zealand citizen? has, has lax laws. Uh, wait a minute. How, are, how many citizenships do you have? Just two. It's New Zealand and, and Canada. That's right. And wh- how did you and get how the... did you get the... Yeah, how did you get that? The New Zealand one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born there. Got You're there. a New Zealander. You're a Kiwi. True, but I speak American. <laughs> Why true. aren't I would be, I, especially in COVID. You are. You're like an AI construct. You fooled us all. I would have gone. I would have said, this is, that's where all the tech billionaires have their hidey holes. Yeah, uh, I know. Sure. I visit with them regularly. <laughs> I had no They idea. literally live in Hobbiton from the, the movies. Yeah, between, you know, between all the herds of sheep, you know, because Peter Thiel and it's just like a long yeah, line. They're all down there. You don't have any yeah. face tattoos. That's what fooled us. No, right. yeah, somehow right. I resisted. I'm, and I don't do a very good haka either. So. Oh, I want to. <laughs> ha! <laughs> ha! <laughs> and I'll rub your nose. I thought you meant Hawkeye from MASH. I see. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. I've never been. I always wanted to go. Uh, no, do you go down there a lot? Farms down there. You do? Uh, yeah, at least a couple times a year. So, yeah, it's so a long flight, even from there. where you are. It's a dairy farm. Oh, it's, it's a, a long terrible flight. flight. Yeah. It is a long one. Do you flight, fly uh, from Vancouver to. Auckland? Yeah, Air New Zealand does Vancouver Auckland direct three times a week. What is that? Like seventeen hours or something? Fourteen seven eighty seven service. I highly recommend. Oh, you get the live flat. When I went down on Qantas, they gave us jammies. Yeah, it was so cute because everybody would get their jammies, and then one by one we'd go into the men's room and come back sure. in our jammies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the one time I flew to New Zealand, I got to sleep in the nose of the plane. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they open the nose for you, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's uh, can we get some air in here? <laughs> a little dry. Um, okay, so good. Okay, I don't know where that. Uh, well, yeah, we were talking about Mexico and now then New Zealand. I'm with a I bunch of foreigners here on the show. I swear. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I had no ideas. Who knew? All right, let's somehow. Uh, Notion closed this. Maybe that was the AI getting involved. It was the AI. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you wondered how it worked. Now you know. So I know you've all been waiting for this. Paul's been waiting for this. It finally happened. Paul, you want to share the good news? Yeah. If you have uh, gone to the Microsoft Store in Windows 10 or 11 and thought, you know, this thing could only be improved by ads, I've got good news for you. Um, they figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> so... Um, this was something Microsoft promised to developers last year at Build, if you remember. Uh, they were going to uh, bring in um, 
some a new monetization method uh, to for developers. Um, because I don't know, when was it two twenty twenty one or twenty twenty? They shut down um, ad monetization and UWP apps. Right. Um, and so this is a way. This basically look. Everyone's been to a mobile app store, so it looks and works exactly like it does on, I'd say, iOS or Android. You'll search for something, and the first thing that'll come up will be a sponsored thing, and then the next yep. one will be the thing you wanted. Uh, it will say "add" in it in a very small way. It looks exactly like it does literally on iOS. It's the same exact kind of a thing. But the idea here is that developers can pay to have their things promoted and put in front of eyeballs. So it's not completely obnoxious according to the one screenshot I've seen. I've never seen it in real life yet. I don't know if they're live yet or not, yeah. but you no, know, now you, now when you talk about the AI powered windows 12, I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. That means it's going to select apps for me. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be like that uh, joke app I was talking about. You'd be like, well, I'm going to click on that thing I look for. And it's like, no, we'll just click on this other thing. Um, yeah. They paid enough. You're going to yeah. get that instead. They're, they're what you're going to click on. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, I, I always anyway. love a good hand, game of free sell. And in win 10, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a store one and it is constantly, constantly trying to sell me something else. Let me tell you, you could subscribe to that app. It is yeah. one of the many, well, one of several places in windows, you can just subscribe to something that has not just does nothing yeah. to do with anything, but yep. There it is. Just a little free cell play. I've got Incredible. It. Yeah. There's <laughs> no such thing as a little free cell play. No. <laughs> TechCrunch is saying Bing just saw a 10% jump in downloads. Wow. From Since 7 to 1.7 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> 10%. 10, no, I'm sorry. 10x. 10x. Oh, 10x. Okay. Yeah, order a magazine. Bob, what's a 10x of zero? Mm, oh, it's still zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, you look at, I think that hundred million number is important. And if they get, if they get a hundred million no, people I, I, using that, I think you're right about the hundred million thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that yeah. number, that, that may have been the, that's more users than being has. Yep. What are we yep. doing? Yep. Right. Exactly. Right. How much money have we spent on Bing since, you know, it was called windows live search or whatever it was to begin yeah. with. And then compare it to the one, whatever billion we threw into chat GBT originally. Yeah. Why a hundred yeah. million people though? What, what, what is that? Well, that was number. the magic thing about ChatGPT is that in two months, it was the fact oh, it I got see. to 100. It, just, it right. hit the number so quick. Right. It, hit the number. it was like, why are we just like pivoting right on this thing? Yeah. And I think that tore through Redmond in a big way. Yeah. It's such a big number. Well, this 10X number has got to be tearing through too. It's like, it worked. So. Well, in a day. In a day. In a day. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk in 30 days, right? And then there's yeah. other milestones to come too because the – Service is only going out to a very limited number of people. This is just people who are kind of interested now. They look and they're like, oh, I can't even get it now. I mean, mm-hmm. what is this going to look like when people, when the floodgates are open, right? Well, and, um, and especially if you're, how long can you afford to hold people at arm's length with your, with your yeah. gatekeeper yep. before they lose interest? Yep. Well, but I notice I'm now <laughs> Edge is my default browser and Bing's my default yeah, search. Geez, you you it have worked. You it worked have for given me. up your ideals so easily. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you like Linux, Firefox, whatever, do whatever you want. Search engine. I, I need a friend. Lonely. You're like, nope, I'm going all Edge, Lonely. baby. <laughs> Track me. I don't care. <clears throat> yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, but you can see. I mean. It, if they get that kind of response and they get people, this is, this helps them across the board. 
Oh, yeah. Let's be clear about that because this is, you're going to be hitting a lot of Microsoft services. You're going to be hitting Microsoft ad services. This is money. And by the way, Microsoft's ad business actually grew enormously last year, regardless. So this could be big for, this could be very big for Microsoft. Yeah. No, no, I did a search on my new shiny Microsoft Bing. <laughs> okay. Uh, for did oh, HP boy. spin off the printer division a couple of minutes ago? Yeah. And I'm just looking at the result here. Does that big yes new? Is that the chat GPT? Yes. It says yes in a, I mean, I big know. letters. What did you ask? Did HP spin off the printer division? Yes, according to two sources. Yes. Is that uh, well, new? Uh, you don't have no, it yet. Dude, you do a Bing search for um, Yeah, no, it says exactly the same thing. Same thing. Okay, so that's not chat GPT. That's just so, weird. <laughs> that's just weird. I think I'll... I'll uh, unless I'm missing something. I mean, at least it's clearly answering your question. Yeah. I don't know if that's correctly, but it is clearly no. answering. Yeah, no, it's good. That's what uh, Google's always said is people don't really want to click the links in the search results, much to the so chagrin no, of the Wall Street okay. Journal and everybody else. They just want the answer. Well, that's not the answer, unfortunately. Um, so <laughs> HP split into two with printers and PCs going into one company. It later split HPE into and it spun off its IT services business. So the printers are still part of HP. So I. Yeah, you're right. Because I, I was asking, like, I don't know printers and they're standalone. So, yeah, that yes is ambiguous. It's, a, it's, it's, it's text arguably incorrect. It. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not right. Yeah. By the way, anyone else really miss Carly Fiorina or is it just me? <laughs> How about Meg Whitman? <laughs> How do you feel about Meg? <laughs> Remember, she was going to make a light blue iPod. Remember, Leo Apotheker, whatever. whatever oh my God! Right, jeez. Wow. Uh, actually, bad news on that front, Leo. Um, yeah, he kind of uh -oh. went down in a bad way. But they had that other thing. What's that guy? Mark. Um, Mark Hurd. went to Oracle. Yeah, Mark heard. Yeah, heard. He ended. He ended badly, if I remember correctly, yeah. as well. But Oracle, Larry Ellison, being the, the yeah. generous well, the humanitarian, guy the humanitarian, of course, said, "You know, you're tainted." <laughs> Sure, you had no, a you know what with said? a subordinate. He said, you know what? But I you're, like you're it. our kind of guy. You're yeah. our kind of guy. <laughs> Listen, we're going to be doing some TikTok stuff. Um, I don't know. Want to take that on? Anyway, it's a HP is a good company, by the way. Right now, I mean the, the no, current I, company. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, those. They really turned their PC division around. Actually, they yeah. make some nice. They yeah. make some nice. Yeah, they make beautiful computers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the whole printer scanner business, boy, oh, boy. Oh, I feel bad for you. Yeah, that's tough. New insider Ooh. build for the beta channel. Woo! -hoo. Yeah, I, this happened late last week, if I remember correctly. I only mention this for one reason. Um, there are no new features per se. However, I think this is a. I think this is the hint to where the little search bill is going. Uh -oh. um, this is, well, this is, this is okay news. There's a new IT policy that lets admins customize how search looks on the taskbar. There are three choices, if I remember correctly. Icon, pill, uh, search bar, like you used to see in Windows 10. So okay. that suggests to me that that's going to be the future direction. In other words, for all of this back and forth, and by the way, public beta testing of the pill, they're, I think in the next version of Windows 11 or sometime this year, they're going to add a little UI in there where you get to choose. Pick. Yeah, yeah get to a little drop down or whatever it is. So well, that's fine. When you were talking about that, the IT guy in me was like, "Hey, don't mess mm -hmm. with my tech support." Right? They, mm -hmm. you're, that goes that turns straight into tickets. Yep, exactly. Cost me money, right? Which is which is weird looking thing on my taskbar. Yeah. 
anyway, I, I think they'll resolve that. Uh, but uh, we'll never understand what this past year. The has answer been in the end is let the user let the, let someone choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, will there be a new policy editor feature that I can turn the <laughs> thing on? No, I think for individuals it will just be in the UI. Like, if, in, okay. in fact, um, there is in Windows 10, right? So, when you right click on the taskbar. Among the many options you see in there, one of them is search, and then you get the choices, nothing, icon, or search bar. Oh. I think it's the way. It would, yeah. And there's no and reason not to do that in Windows 11. It'll be implemented as a group policy so that an administrator yeah. can push it. It'll be yeah. in settings. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's fine. I use, and actually I like this one. It's okay. This is a crazy, but the one thing yeah. I like to use Edge for is reading PDFs. Right. I can do it in Firefox, well, but I want to have our the copies always in a PDF, the ad copies. So I want to have that yeah. as a separate kind of app. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, but now it looks like Edge is going to start. What's going on? I know this is crazy. So um, uh, you guys probably remember the history of this back during the Longhorn timeframe. Microsoft invented something called XPS, which was a PDF kind of competitor. It came, it arrived in Windows Vista. It didn't go very well. It wasn't super popular. Um, it continued forward. XPS is still supported Windows 10. I'm not sure if it's an optional feature today or if it's just built in, but, um, you know, obviously the world is PDF. So they, they finally gave up on that little uh, disastrous problem. Um, I don't, I had heard a million years ago, and I mean, possibly the early 2000s from someone at Microsoft that Microsoft had long ago reverse engineered PDF. And I'm sure that played a role in XPS or whatever, but, you know, there were legal issues around that. And, there was a lot of antagonism between the two companies back at the time, but today they're big partners. And um, I, this is not all good news, but basically uh, Microsoft is going to replace its PDF engine in edge with the Acrobat PDF reader uh, engine, which they say will be faster. It will probably be bigger. Um, it's happening. It's going to be mandatory. So uh, managed businesses, right, are going to be able to opt out of it for one year. But then in March 2024, they're going to have to go to the new engine. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I just um, want to say Acrobat. That, that have no Acrobat at all. Yeah. yeah. Acrobat Reader was notoriously buggy. I mean, yep. it was security nightmare. Well, you may be asking yourself, why are they doing this? Like, what's the point of this? And the point of this is that it will try to upsell you on the paid version of Acrobat. Right. Um, yeah. That's what it's really about. Oh, so, the, yeah. Crap, so these features. Into edge. Money makes what? the world go around the world. Go around yeah. The world. So there'll be another ad in there, um, which is like, okay, whatever. So. That's depressing. Uh, uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Microsoft's suffering so badly. I know. Uh, they're trying to milk uh, milk this thing as much as they can from any direction. Um, although it's interesting. So th their list of things that will be better include higher fidelity for more accurate colors and graphics, improved performance, strong security for PDF handling, and greater accessibility, including better text selection and read aloud narration. Well, if it really is better, I guess. I mean... I thought it was all right, but okay. You know what would really make it better, Leo, is you could uh, subscribe to an Acrobat subscription directly oh, from yeah. your browser. That would be so much better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll start, go back to rendering PDFs in Firefox. Maybe that's not so bad after all. Gosh. I would say most browsers, if you just want to read yeah, PDFs, it's a right? standard I, format. I, most of them work pretty well, you know.
as I've kind of moved back and forth, it's, I, I don't think I've ever used a browser where I was like, oh man, why, what this thing's missing that I use all the time or whatever. Like it, it seems like they work reasonably the same. So anyway, that's happening. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, if you were trying to have less Adobe in your life, um, that's not going to work out. Oh, I should say too, this is going to be windows 10 and 11 right away. And then sometime in the future, it's coming to Mac OS. What's interesting about that is Edge is also available on Linux, and <laughs> it's not coming on Linux. They have not addressed Linux, <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there. They ever say what the penetration is of Edge into yeah Linux? And it's Mac like um, it's like when something bounces off of something else. It's that <laughs> level of penetration. Um, You're saying Linux is an immovable object. I'm saying that if you have decided to use Linux, I, I don't think anything about Edge is going to get you to, you know, make the switch, right? I don't. You know I what's missing don't. from Linux? More, I want more. No. I want more ads. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank no, you. I'm having enough. Yep. Where's my Adobe Acrobat reader? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, I mean, how do you even function in Linux? It must be weird. Is it like using Chrome OS, but worse? <laughs> <laughs> All I know is when I double click a PDF, a thing opens sure. called Document Viewer, there you and, go. It, and it and it looks pretty it good. Just, it renders exactly right. It renders and you don't it, about it, and I'm done. Doesn't open a browser. It opens the Document Viewer. I like it. Yep, simple, clean, almost as I good mean, as if, Mastodon. If if you like stuff just to work, I guess that's fine. I don't know. <gasps> I mean, that's I need more advertising. <laughs> Speaking, who, who speaking of which, should I do an ad now or would that really be counterproductive? Wouldn't that be, <laughs> wouldn't that be a bad idea? <laughs> Maybe, speaking of ads. Let's move on to Microsoft 365. I'll do the ad, I'll do the ad later. Yeah, it's, maybe yeah, give that one a second. Um, this one's just real quick. I, I, I'm astonished every time this happens now where Microsoft somehow has not updated one of their apps for the M1 or the Apple Silicon chips. Um, the worst one to me was OneDrive, right? It took them over a year. OneDrive mm -hmm. integrates with the file system. It's incredibly important for that to be native. Um, that experience was really bad, um, but they fixed that. So um, they just updated the Skype app. It's native on the M whatever chips, the Apple Silicon chips. Mm. And Microsoft now claims, you know, it's like, hey, we did this, and now it's like three times as fast as it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I thought all Skype implementations were Electron. Oh, that's an interesting thing. I don't know. I don't know what's going And there's always been rumors that they were going to try and make alternatives to Electron. Oh, so I okay. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> but they did, they did the M1 implementation. Well, so uh, actually, Microsoft Teams, right? Yeah. Would you say that's Electron too, right? It's an Electron app, without a doubt. So that app um, went native on uh, Apple Silicon last year sometime as well. Right. So, so I wonder if it's something about... Well, and I'm, and I'm also aware that both Teams and Skype use the same... Um, AV, or AI, right? Like okay. their, their underlying video and, and audio controller is, a, is the same chunk of code. Hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, if you can do native on, on Apple, why aren't you doing native on Windows? Because, you know, it's not like <laughs> yeah. everybody's sitting around going, you know what Teams is? Really fast. <laughs> right, right. The worst thing about Teams is how fast. Yeah. God, could you slow it down, please? You can barely keep up with this thing. I, God, I use Teams every day, and I, I, yeah. I have not yet gouged my eyes out with a fork, but then I think about it. 
I mean, it's not going to make it better, but at least it would be painful and quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh... All right. Well, anyway, I think it's really interesting to consider the possibility they're starting to make native versions of these things that are previously no electron apps. Yeah. Like, what does this mean underlying? I think it means it's time to move past Electron, you know, oh, honestly. Please. isn't Can't .NET do something about that? Hmm. I mean, if it rocks yeah, so hard. Yeah. <laughs> As some claim. Well, and I, you know, it was one of my thoughts when GitHub went to Microsoft in the first place is, hey, the Windows team and the Electron team are going to get together and make sure this goes really, really fast. Like they, they could make some dramatic improvements. They've done right. that sort of work before. It just doesn't seem to have appeared. Electron hmm. reminds me so much... Of that old, uh, what was the name of it? There was a macro, the, there was a Flash app format. Remember, and everything was done in it. Yeah. yeah, but it was, it was uh, it had a name anyway. It So all the cross-platform apps were done in Flash, basically. Yeah. Um, and so well, there was an advantage for sure to that uh, because, you know, you had cross-platform and same thing with Electron. You see a lot of stuff. that. Well, the, the big strength with Electron is you write it in JavaScript and it runs equally slowly on all of the platforms. <laughs> yep. Nobody gets an advantage. No, no. Adobe like, Air. Adobe Air. Air. That was it. Yeah. Adobe Air. Air. My God. God Thank yeah. you, Verona. Yeah. He remembers. He That's remembers incredible. the bad old days. Yep. Sure. So there's from a the, need. Uh, there is a need for that. From the carcass of Macromedia. That's why we really wanted PWA to be successful because there's a need right. for that. There's got to be some lightweight way. And sure, well, you can is... use JavaScript and, you know, web technologies, but there's got, but you don't have to bundle a, an entire browser with every app. You don't want something as complicated as Teams in JavaScript, right? There's got to be a... Well, I don't know if that's the issue. Oof, I don't know. That's a big... I don't know. That's a big... Hairball for JavaScript. I, don't... I mean, it depends what uh, what's in JavaScript. If just the UI is in JavaScript, mm. it, I mean, is there some Teams core written in C++ or something or C Sharp? You would hope, but I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. For a long time, Apple, and they finally killed it, Apple wrote iTunes in AppleScript. Right. It was just you a tell. bunch of AppleScript cobbled together. And, well, yeah, it was pig slow. Adobe Lightroom yeah. is, is pretty much all Lua, just a bunch of scripts glued together. Hmm. Interesting. PWA seems like such a better way to do it. Yep. But you still kind of want a binary for the, you know, the, the speed critical stuff, right? Don't you? Some way to drown, to have a blob that's delivered. Yeah, but this is like this, uh, like, like the C library, a, you know? Oh, what is that? What is that CDLL that they that is everywhere? C plus plus DLL. A VB run three hundred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. mean, there's definitely there's a need for that. That's why Adobe Air succeeded. That's why Electron is around. There's a need for that. Yeah, but at what price? It well, needs, and it needs to constantly improve. Let's do it better. I mean, there's got to be a better way than than distributing a browser with your app. Right. I mean, we all have that rendering engine on our system already. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. It should use whatever the native rendering engine is. Is it that dependencies are what's killing you? Because I know it's one argument for static compilation of binaries. We just bundle all the libraries in with it. Then you don't have to worry about what libraries are available. 
which version of yeah. libc is on the computer Well, because the dll model is no longer required we yeah we, we have the be... resources now we don't need yeah once dynamically linked to things. About conserving disk space <laughs> right but yep. see this never... is the inevitable conclusion of that is oh fine we'll statically compile an entire browser into the app <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then you'll have everything you need. Sure. We don't have to worry about it. It's like I'm not using Chrome anymore. My PC is fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, I'm using Teams. Yeah. Yep. And Skype. Is this anyway, a tough... I mean, I just think what's happening on the Apple side is a hint to what could be happening on the micro, on the Windows yeah. side. It's really interesting to watch Apple <laughs> play this hand, you know, because you know that they've been planning. This is strategic for, you know, a decade. And they've been planning this. Uh-huh. It's really interesting when stable, you know. So you think when when they went to the A series chips with the iPhone four or whatever that was, you're saying that at some point early on they were like, "Man, we're doing this to the Mac." We know that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, really, yeah. It, really that long ago. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, depends which. I mean, it wasn't the it wasn't with the iPhone seven. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. but I mean, it's been at least yeah, yeah. They uh, they said the M one's been five years in development. Um, okay. but I think even before then, it was always Steve Jobs' vision that Apple yeah. control the entire <clears throat> thing, right? Well, it was also Steve Jobs' vision that they would build a factory right next to the ocean so they could turn salt water into wasn't a bad was idea. It just was, it was ahead of its time. That's all, you know. Sure, sure. <laughs> the part where it didn't work, it was a great idea. <laughs> Far from that. <laughs> yes. Side <laughs> right. Aside There's from the all this sand there. It's easy. We just—it's all there, man. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, I feel like, well, it's just—it's fascinating to watch. It really is fascinating to watch. I, we were talking about this yesterday on Mac Break Weekly. The, and I was wondering if Tim Cook has that giant um, thing that had in Game of Thrones with all of the different castles and the troops, and he has a long stick that he could push. The str- or does he do it all on the wall with tacks and string? Like, is there a big, big strategery wall with everything? Because you got to figure. I would love to be on the fly on the wall for just like these. All right, where they play yeah, it all out in their head, up. you know? Yeah, they got. He's got an eighty-four inch Surface Hub from Microsoft. There you go. <laughs> Get the hub. You know, it's sure. just like an iPad, only it's 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 a little bigger. Big. Yeah, it's, it covers the whole wall. It's a big iPad. What do you mean I have to check this? I need to use it on the plane. <laughs> but I won't use it during takeoff. I'm not a barbarian. I... All right. The video is in. I, Justine, has now demonstrated how to use Bing. Oh would, you like to, would you like to watch I, Justine? No. This is, this, this, <laughs> it, it irks me slightly that these big companies now, It's uh-huh. if you're not an, a YouTube influencer, sure, you know, what, right. you got a podcast? No, no, no. That ain't going to do it. That ain't good enough. Is so incredible that's basically going to change the way that we search the internet. Now, search has been the mm-hmm. same for like the past 20 plus years for basically as long as I can remember. Which oh, God. Okay, that's that's enough. She said like twice. <laughs> as long as I can remember 20 years she back. She said like twice. I've been so doing I'm this saying. show as long as she can remember. She can remember. This show, this episode, I've been doing is all right. <laughs> right. right. So here's another thing that that uh, raised bursts of uh, laughter when I mentioned it on Twitter on Sunday that Microsoft is out of the VR business. Yeah, and then somebody said, "Oh no, they said they're uh, no, no, they're still doing it." Sure, they are. So okay, <laughs> there's a 
Microsoft did come out and say, based because of all the concern out in the public, and you got to understand, they have they have customers actually using this stuff, right? So yeah. not so much mixed reality, but certainly Hololens, and Hololens too has been in market since what twenty nineteen, I think, right? Right? Yeah, they announced it at Mobile World Congress, yeah, right before the pandemic, a uh, year before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, they've given, they, they stepped away from whatever Holland's thing they were going to do. Most of the team has left the company. Uh, they, Alex is out and, you know, there's all kinds of problems. So obviously in this time of uncertainty, you have to come out and say, you have to come out and say, oh, no, 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 we still support it. You know, we're going to provide clarity on it. Um, Just actually continue. quite a long time. I know. Here we go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just didn't want to get back in on it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, they said the same thing about Windows Phone in 2015, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, no, no, don't worry. No, we're going to come up with a new phone. You're going to love it. Well, they're not talking at all about HoloLens 3. What they're saying right. is we're going to continue to support HoloLens 2. That's right. So. Yeah, so saying that you're going to continue uh, supporting a product that you're legally obligated to support is not really news, um, but they did say it. <laughs> so um, I don't know. The MR stuff is the thing I'm, I'm I'm not concerned about, but I I find a little harder to uh, to understand. And, and the comment there was it said Microsoft is committed to maintaining compatibility between the mixed reality toolkit and Hololens two, including through continued open source contributions. Meaning we're not doing it; someone else's uh, when needed to ensure that developers using the toolkit can continue to build for and deploy to Hololens two. So it seems like the mixed reality bit is only of interest where it, you know, has something to do with HoloLens, basically. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I think the ship has sailed. I think it's the way to say it. So it's yeah, been cortaned. <laughs> they clearly there's still a research group that's doing stuff for the army. Although he didn't not, even the didn't Congress even say yeah that's it on that the HoloLens thing forget they said you can't buy anymore yeah but you're allowed to do research okay exciting I mean so they're they not, did, let's put they, it this they're they, not they allocated all, something like four hundred million dollars yeah. to a research budget yeah which from a military perspective is huge. pennies right right yeah right but it is still more than most research groups have for any project so although there's some folks doing some work somewhere. Does that look like it has a consumer path at this point? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> so I'm surprised we got this far into the show before I uh, voiced my excitement over uh, Samsung's XR announcement, and I think we need to talk about it. What is it? What is it? <laughs> so, XR, what's last that? Last week, we, how quickly we've forgotten, mm-hmm. Samsung announced the new Galaxy S23 lineup, right? Whatever length that event was, if you scroll down to the last nine minutes, you'll see the real announcement was that uh, they're getting into XR. So XR is extended reality. This is some combination of what we would call AR, VR, MR, you know, whatever. All of and, the Rs. Uh, All of the Rs. They don't. Yeah, they have, they've got nothing to show you, but they carted out the guy, the CEO of uh, Qualcomm because they make the chips. They got a vice president from Google up on stage because they're making the OS. Or the platform, the software platform. And uh, someday they're going to have something. And it's coming. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This this was a nonsense announcement to start with. But the, the what is he, the CEO of Samsung, that part of Samsung? TM Rowe, Rowe. right? Yeah. Yeah. He agreed to an interview with the Washington Post. And mm-hmm. this is an exact quote. This is what he said. Many different companies 
have been making these announcements about different realities. Mm. So we have also been making similar preparations, no less than any others. <laughs> preparations. <laughs> so let me just, let me, let me BS filter what that means. Other companies, <clears throat> Apple, are making this thing. So we're going to make one too. Yeah. We don't have anything to announce yet because Apple's product mean. is not out yet. <laughs> it's another one of those. I knew that. I knew that. This is something exactly. we, we talked about this last year, right? Yeah. Or last show where it's like all everybody's pushed back on VR. Like there was hints that Apple was going to announce something for mm -hmm. the next their next event. And then they came out point blank and said there's gonna be no announcements this year. Yeah. So but, there coming, but it is coming this year. So it is is it's happening. And when it happens, Samsung's gonna be ready, baby. Okay. I have on my wall. I could get it if I could just reach far yeah. enough. A Samsung VR visor. Oh, the Odyssey thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, the one for the phone. The one you put the the Galaxy in. Yeah, that was actually, that was a nice thing because you could put some bread on either side of that and make toast with it. Because <laughs> that thing, <laughs> yeah. there was nothing kill your that would overheat your phone at, oh, within yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That was they also, thing. by the way, adopted Windows Mixed Reality. They had an Odyssey headset. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, they did two gens of it. The last one was kind of high res. It was like 1600 by something, 1600 by 1600 in each eye, I think. Yeah, look at that. Here's so you had to put a Samsung Galaxy whatever in there, right? To make that make any sense. You know, now we need Sorry, it's taking Galaxy. me a while to get this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This thing on, but yeah, no, I've had this now uh, the bag from CES and he's completed the <laughs> Right. This is like the um like the Note 3 or something would fit inside this. Yeah, it yeah, has right. this panel that you take off and you put your your, your thing in. You there. put your phone in there, yeah. Sure. You might as well just put your phone in the microwave. It's going to have the same effect. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I still have it. So, sure. I mean, this was the state of the art. Yeah, this comes out. <laughs> so Actually, it, was, it yeah. looks better if you wear it without that, come to think of it. Sure. It looks like the hall lens for the, the art. This could have been my army. Halloween uh, outfit. <laughs> we are coming. Oh, yeah. We are here uh, to take over. The way you say it is, uh, we, I'm here from the future. Hi. <laughs> Did you know <laughs> the, future the future will mean we no longer have to use our own eyes? <laughs> then you just walk into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Oh, God. Incredible. <laughs> How's your car warranty these days? I, uh, <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. Yeah. This it's mixed industry. reality, though, because I can sort of see what's going on out there. Oh, it's mixed, Leo. It's mixed at best. So I'm yeah, getting the new uh, S23. I wonder more if it'll, mixed all the time. wonder if it'll fit in here. Will it fit? I don't know. When I get it, I I'll bet it in. doesn't. Honestly, like an, you get the Ultra, I assume. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Oh, yeah, you I mean, mean it's going to be not. too big to fit in this old? I, th I bet it is. Yeah, I would think so. I don't remember how old that is, but what was the current note or whatever at the yeah, time? Yeah, it was definitely, well... I don't know. Let me see if it says. Well, what's it called? Gear, it's um, the Gear VR. It, it powered by Oculus. Sure. So this was uh, pre-meta. Hey, about in 2015. Jeez. That's seven. <laughs> that's over seven years ago. So I'm just going to uh, put this on the TV here. Just as an artifact. Yeah, it's definitely. Put, that's good. Just keeping an eye on you two. <laughs> Hello? 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 I don't like, it's looking at me in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
have to. Uh, it's to fit the S8. Wow. Take two in our chat room. Take two in the chat room, says it. Yeah. The S8. Wow. What a world we live in. Everything old is new again. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Before we go to the. Uh, we got lots mm-hmm. of other stuff to talk about. This is a, yeah, this is a rich. I know. I know. Midden of news. Didn't start out that way. I started on the notes this morning and I was like, oh man, what's going on here? But actually, it's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got somebody in our Twitter forums complained about last week's Mac Break Weekly. They said, you know, if you don't have any news, you should just not do the show. Yikes. <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> That's like, if you don't have anything nice to say. <laughs> yeah. So we have certain we have a certain obligations. We have to keep doing the show, even if there's nothing to say. But you know what? You don't have to listen to it if you don't. You know, yeah. no, no requirement. I, I've never known. Don't like to, to get into that conversation. Yeah, I don't think that's no, okay. we have plenty to talk about always on all the shows. But that's fine. You should have said we had plenty to talk about. We just chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> What's your problem? Uh, our show today is brought to you by a really cool company that i just discovered if you've been you know waiting for microsoft loop the wait is well we don't know how long you're going to be waiting but you don't need to because there's a better product out there the only trouble i have when it comes to this product is is describing what it does it's called miro and i guess you could say it's it's kind of a a whiteboard uh but it can do anything it can do anything. It can do mind mapping. It can do icebreakers. It if you have if you have meetings, you'll never have a meeting without Miro running again in your in your Zoom or your or your chat because you can use it to time the meeting. You can have polls, you can have conversation starters. It adds so much to everything you do. And one of the great things about this, this infinite collaborative whiteboard, it's online, so anybody can use it anywhere they are. If you and your team are still, you know, on 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 uh, calls going from tab to tab in your browser, launching this tool or that tool, meanwhile, your mind with the context shift is just losing those brilliant ideas. You're just leaking away. With Miro, that doesn't have to happen. Miro is a collaborative visual whiteboard that brings all your great work together, no matter where you are. Whether you're working from home in a hybrid workspace, everything comes together in one place online. And it can even be asynchronous because you can say, you know, well, we have the notes from last week up there. And uh, Joe can say, well, I wasn't there last week, but I added some thoughts. And it's so cool. Mike and I uh, are going to be working on a Miro for uh, our Ask the Tech Guys show because we need somewhere a little bit less structured, a little more freeform where we can brainstorm ideas. We can put stuff in there. It's visual. You can put anything, you know, in there. Drag and drop insights, data, nothing's lost, nothing's forgotten. Use it to present, use it to collaborate, use it to brainstorm. And it can do pretty much anything. If you are if you go to Miro.com slash podcast, go to the thing they call the Miroverse. That is the most amazing collection of templates by other users like you. And it'll give you a much better idea of the broad range of stuff, everything from a a calendar to a to a scrum puzzle. What a good idea. And oh, incidentally, you can install these and use them in your own Miro board. And in fact, I'm going to tell you how you can get your own Miro board free. 
at the end of this ad. This is so cool. But it solves this problem that I have, which is I don't know how to describe this to you because Miro could be anything you need. It's a way for teams to be on the same page. It's a way to collaborate. It's a way to plan. Kanbans, you bet. You bet. You could do your Kanban board so you know who's doing what, when. Uh, you know, if you're using Agile, um, product, strategy, decider, workshop. It's a really great way to take a meeting and coalesce it around, you know, uh, a, a purpose so that you don't waste time with meetings. This is some crazy stuff. Here's a Beatles retrospective somebody put together uh, that you can you can now just install it and then add it to yours and and if you make it Coldplay instead you don't have it doesn't these are just starting starting play Valentine's Day love a memory game from I don't understand this but somebody in the UK government has put together a Harry Potter retrospective <laughs> well why not. Sign up for free right now. You can get your first three boards free, but you have to go. I want you to go to Miro.com slash podcast. Miro.com slash podcast. It's, it's creative. It's collaborative. It's great for brainstorming. You can build out your brainstorm with sticky notes and comments and live reactions. There's a voting tool, a timer, which you will love using on your meetings. Say, we're going to get this done in 15 minutes. The timer has started. Express yourself in creative ways. Bring the whole group together around an idea with a quick wireframe or a, you draw it with a pen tool or put in images, you know, a mood board, mock-ups on the Miro board. It could be anything. Miro users report saving up to 80 hours a year per user. That's two full weeks. That's your entire vacation every year by streamlining conversations and doing something everybody wants you to do. Cut down meetings. Just make them more effective. As a result, Miro gives your team the chance to always stay connected. Real-time information gives project managers, product leads, a bird's-eye view of the whole project so that nothing slips through the cracks. It's always there. It's persistent. Mike and I are going to use it constantly to prepare. Uh, we'll show you once we've got uh, uh, early stages, but once we get it going, I'm going to show you how we're using it uh, for the show. Because that's a show where Mike and I kind of brainstorm ideas. We're putting together ideas. What about this? What if we do this? Where do we do that? Can we do this after that? That kind of thing. Get your first three boards absolutely free. Start working better. Miro.com slash podcast. M-I-R-O dot com slash podcast. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I can tell you. It's a game changer, baby. This is this is this is a pretty exciting new product. Actually, it's not all that new. I think a lot of you know about it. Miro, I just I didn't, and I was so thrilled to play with it. Miro.com slash podcast. Uh somebody somebody says a tabby approved in our IRC says Miro. Somebody from the UK government should do a a, a Liz retrospect, Liz, Liz Trust retrospective. It would be short. Be brief. Just <laughs> <laughs> lettuce. Yeah, yeah, not as long as that. Not as long as a head of lettuce. Elon, to his credit, has outlasted the lettuce. Who knew? Wow. I don't know. He's just as rotten, though, really. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> All right, let's talk developers, developers, developers. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. What? Yeah. 
What is up in the? Uh, this is, by the way, this is one of the well, things we love having uh, both you guys on. I know it's yeah. always been Paul's interest. It's certainly my interest. Richard, you're you're a developer, so I love it that we can get more of this in. To be honest, I'm so excited to see the story. I told Richard about it. He's like, "Yeah, I knew about that weeks ago." Yeah. So I, I did this show last year. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So. Back in 2017, Microsoft provided a uh, an update to its strategy for its three .NET languages, C-sharp, F-sharp, and Visual Basic. And they didn't like the way I described it at the time, but basically Visual Basic has been kind of, you know, bumped down a little bit. It's not getting new features. It's not going to be kept up functionally to date with C-sharp. That's, you know, it's, they're just yeah, not doing but, but you understand, like, for the .NET, original framework for 4.8. Yeah. C sharp stopped evolving for that stack too. Like it's C sharp seven. Right. Right. So there, you know, there's always an argument for what do you want from a language? Yeah. Right. And, and reliability I, is kind of a thing, you know, and, and, and yeah. consistency. I can't, I can't go back and rewrite history, but I think, and I don't, I don't know that I'm blaming someone for this, but a big part of the problem, I think, is that, you know, developers, real developers embrace C-sharp, which, by the way, completely makes sense. Kind but Microsoft stopped, yeah, they, they stopped providing examples of everything in both languages. And so yeah. it just, it, they were really kind of pushing people towards C-sharp, which is the more kind of professional language or whatever. And well, I, it's the one they're continuing to innovate on if you if you care about new language. Yeah. Is C-sharp... I, I, I like um, the fact that intended to replace mm-hmm. C++ is it like there it, uh, it's think of it as Microsoft's Java I think it's oh, the, yeah okay and so it's cross time enterprise okay yep okay yep. it originally wasn't cross-platform I mean originally it was, it was very much Windows Enterprise that's right but you know as the market changed and there was a need for it to be open source and cross-platform they were able to redo it and remarkably without having to replace all the tooling Yep. You know that yep. they they if you want to talk about the phenomenon of remaking .NET into, yep. into what was initially .NET Core and it's now just called .NET, it was yeah. that you could use the tools you already knew how to use. Um, but yep. the you know the, we have a set of orphans <laughs> uh, yeah. in, in that if you stuck with the original framework because you are you can't give up web forms or you can't give up so the four the four X framework the Windows yeah. only framework. Right. Yeah, the four four point eight is kind yep. of the is the the last versions. The development across the board has largely stopped for that. They're going to do security patches and things like stuff is going to break, but they stopped making new versions of C sharp for it uh, back four versions ago. Like they're right. at C sharp eleven if you're on core, and they're at seven if you're on four point eight. Yep. It just became too costly to try and build two versions of C sharp, and some of the things they wanted to do, starting around in the nine time frame, were just kind of impossible with the with the uh, standard framework. Why does a language have to change? I think it's a great point. Well, I mean, remember, I'm using a a language that hasn't changed since 1984. (laughs) Right, right, right. Since before Justine was born. Yeah. But but that, for me, is a selling point because I know I can write something and I'm not going to have to get version 3 next year. Yeah. Well, and it's Um, not like your old C-sharp code breaks. It's just that there's better ways to write C-sharp in the okay. later version. That's not always the case true. with other languages. I mean, Python 3 broke a lot of Python 2. Yeah, but they were mm-hmm. also fixed. Python 2 was stuck. 
right? The right. same way that Angular 1.1 was stuck, and they had to make fundamental re revisions to get to 2, and that meant breaking code. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and and that's why they've stopped development on the 4.8 stack is because they hit a point where they're stuck, where it's like it's too difficult to go further. So we're going to stay here. We're going to they have way too much of an install base to give any of it up. Is it they because surrender anything. tech computers are changing? Technology is changing. You know, concurrency, for instance, changed a lot of languages because they had to have a way mm -hmm. to have th threads that wouldn't uh, break each other and so forth. So is it that that's making it? Yeah, I think, you know, the concurrency story, there were many different attempts to make better concurrency, right? And and for a long time, the rule was pretty simple. There are four people that know how to do concurrency well, and three of them are lying. <laughs> right. Uh, and, then and then Anders came up with async await right. In, right. and his team. And async await is so good that even C++ has implemented it now. Like other language, you know, you've you've come up with a good construct when the other languages grab onto it. Go, that's a great way to express the intent of parallelism. That says this this request can run independent of these other requests. Whether or not it actually parallelizes or not is a separate issue. Right? That it doesn't really matter. But the, at least as a programmer, you can declare independent executing blocks of code. Yeah, you could return from a function before it's done. Yeah. basically well and more salient, it's like i've got these six things i need to do yeah they're not dependent on each other but they all have to be completed before i can go to the next step so yep. why would i do them serially when i can fire all six of them off at once mm -hmm. and they can come back in any order and once i have them all i can complete is that um async await is one of the stumbling blocks i had because i'm an idiot but when i went to uwp and was working on in that environment um, i found that to be a little challenging but is that I'm not even sure if it's I was just doing C sharp. So is is async async await something that's available in VB.net or whatever we're calling no. that now? It's no. so C sharp it's only. So that's, that's an example of one thing that's only C sharp. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, to that very point. And then F sharp's off on its own land, right? I mean, it came yeah. later to the game. You're, I mean, you're, what's annoying you the most, Paul, I think, is that C Sharp and VB.net started at the same time. Arguably, VB.net is older because it came from Visual Basic. Right. And I was a, a VB developer back in the 90s. Yeah. And when .NET came along, I start, I thought, wow, I think VB.net's for me. And then I realized it wasn't VB, and the right. common syntax confused me. And yep. so switching to C Sharp was easier. It was definitely easier because, again, for all the documentation reasons, yeah. and you might and as well just... I wasn't writing yep. VB. You're biting the bullet anyway. You know, yeah. Yep. And Plus, you could use, so, um, you know, Windows Forms and still do that kind of visual part of it if you wanted, but with a more sophisticated language. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about F Sharp or functional programming. Um, although I've looked at the code and it's familiar looking, which is a little surprising to me. Um, I'm gonna, let me give you my completely uneducated, I, and I know nothing about it, view of what I think it might be, which is that languages like C Sharp, uh, C rather, went overboard with the OOP stuff. And this is a way to, like in OOP, in C sharp in, in C you would have classes which are basically structures mm -hmm. with additional things going on. And this is a way to have functions as a first class citizen, a sort of a, in a OOP like you know language. Is that roughly from an like encapsulation perspective? We don't yeah. bother with the inheritance of polymorphism, nor yep. do we, for the most part, in C sharp these days either. Right. right. Like yep. there are yep. both ways to create side effects that make people sad. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. So you, That's you, a good you way clear to put that. It. But yep. when, when you think functional, what you think is immutable. I I load a value into a variable and it never changes. Yep. If I need okay. to change it, I have another call to a different variable. Oh. That's uh, right? interesting. I mean, and that and and the again, these are all elements that are memory so inefficient, but Rust reliable. Does, Rust does this a little bit too, right? The, this notion immutable, of immutable immutability variables. is a good idea. Yeah. As long as you're not resource constrained. Hmm. Okay. Right. I've not looked into C sharp, uh, uh, sorry, F sharp uh, per se, but I'm not sure I know why. I don't know why I would. <laughs> I guess I well, can't. There are certain classes, tasks that are very well suited to F sharp. Okay. Uh, handling stream flows and things are work extremely well. Interesting. Uh, it, you know, living in this sort of non-deterministic models help. Like these, these, these are all part and parcel with is, it. Is that a... Uh, is, a side effect of being functional. I mean, uh, functional languages seem to love streams um, mm. um, because they are good at them. They're good at yeah, them. They, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, the idea, of, you know, the, the fundamental idea of functional languages is same input always gives you the same output, right? It's predictable. Yeah, yeah determinism. It's determinism. Right. Yeah. Well, um, and that's um, F sharp's chief. Uh, paradigm, right? It's, it's functional. That's the whole point. Yes, that's right. Yeah, okay. yep. yeah. yeah. Although the the amazing thing, like we talk about the profound thing that happened with Don Simon Co. when they wrote this thing, is that they managed to get a functional language to compile to IL. Yeah, to what's the, IL? The intermediary, the intermediary layer, language uh, for .NET. The intermediary layer that runs against oh, the, the okay. common runtime of .NET. So which it's a, is it's a front end for .NET. Well, this I mean, this has always been the claim of fame for .NET for the common language runtime is that you could have a variety of right, languages. Right. Right. On day yeah. one in in two thousand two, when they first shipped .NET, they their their pitch line was twenty one languages, one platform. Right. And one of them was, was Cobol, the if I remember to, correctly. Right. right. It still is. You yeah. can buy Cobol.net from yep. Fujitsu well, to this it's, day. It's the same case for uh, Java, the JVM. A lot of languages, Scala, Clojure, compiled yep. the JV. The you know. Java eventually. Yeah. I mean, Java's original pitch was any platform yeah, one language, right? Right, once run right everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was their that was their idea. Now, most of those languages didn't make it out of V one, but right. some of them did. And and F sharp's the one that came along later as is as this exploration and functionality living in the .NET stack. Right. Hmm. Um, so and it's a, it's an achievement, but it's a it seems to be a niche achievement. There's only so many F sharp developers out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Supposedly, it's seen great, great growth of the past couple of years. But of course, when you're small, that's not so super hard. But yeah, I don't quite understand it. Like I said, I'm, I, 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 this announcement made me want to look into it a little bit more. But Microsoft has these three languages, and I think the as far as the update on the language support, nothing has changed really. <laughs> the language strategy, um, except that now they're going to be they've kind of formally posted these documents to, I think, the, probably Microsoft Learn or whatever, whereas in the past they'd had a blog post. And when people would ask, well, what are you doing around these languages? They would point people at this thing that was more and more out of date. And so now they're like, look, we're going to we're going to formally put this up at a place that will always it will always be there. We can point to it and we can keep it up to date if we have to. But, um, you know, like F sharp, you can't use F sharp and things like uh, like any of these frameworks like uh, WinForms, WPF, uh, UWP. Any of that stuff. It's this is a completely different. So the real purpose. first class language for that is still C plus C sharp. Yep. C sharp. C sharp. Okay. Yep. 
and for I other mean, things too, like ASP.NET and uh, Blazor and whatever else. Right? If it's, you're going to chase yeah, language sure. fad, somebody's saying, I think he's right in the Discord, that safety yep. is the new fad and Rust is the new uh, yep. fair-haired boy. Is there anything yeah, but comparable it, in the... In Rust, the Rust is so low-level though, right? Like, Rust is like the you're writing... Uh, a platform or a, dr a device driver or, you know, yeah. something you, like that. You could have been writing in C, yeah, but no, you, know, right. C, you know, C's mantra is it's your foot. Right. And <laughs> yep. shoot it at will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and Rust gives you a few par parameters around right. that to make, you know, get anybody that you may be the immutability mindset, mm -hmm. like these kinds of good ideas for right. modern yeah. development. Right. It's your foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's your foot. Shoot it if you need to. That's a good name for a book. It's your foot. <laughs> the, the C, the C program, the programmer's guide to C. <laughs> All right. A few more uh, company earnings came in. We had Microsoft yeah. last week, actually two weeks ago now. Microsoft was the first to start the parade. Now oh, we got Amazon, so Apple, Google, and Meta. Anything you, you yeah, want to say I about mean, it? I, Amazon, I, 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 I need, listen, I have trouble with math, but I, the, the the one bit of math that I do regularly is every quarter I do math related to finances. So uh, some company made an inco net income of something on some amount of revenue, and I can compare it to the numbers from a year ago, and I can tell you what it went up or down percentage-wise very easily. In the year-ago quarter, Amazon posted a profit of, this is a net income, of $14.3 billion. In the current quarter, the last previous quarter, it was a net income of only $300 million. Wow. I'm trying to figure out the percentage decline year over year through me. I took me an hour because I couldn't believe this number. That's a decline of 4,700%. <laughs> it's like a crazy number. It's like, it, I'm like, no, that can't be right. Like, like revenues right were up 8%. That's a normal number, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I had trouble with that one. That was entertaining. So that took me a long time. That was a tough day. Um, you know, Apple, Apple revenues were only down. Five percent. I mean, honestly, this is a company that made one hundred and seventeen billion dollars in revenues. Right. Uh, they're going to be okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of their business was down. Obviously, the whole world is down. I can't. You know, what are you going to say about that? Yeah. Um, Alphabet, which is Google's parent company, their net income was, or sorry, revenues were up uh, one percent. <laughs> like they actually mm -hmm. saw a little bit of a, a a bump there, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, let me see if I have the figure for advertising since we talked about this. Yeah, advertising accounted for uh, 77 point, we'll call it 78% of all of Google's revenue. So there you go. Um, but they saw declines as well, uh, across, you know, in certain parts of the business. Um, you know, whatever. Obviously, I don't think uh, their hardware business is floating that company. Um, and then uh, Meta had, had better than expected uh, earnings. In fact, their earnings were so good compared to what people thought was going to happen. Uh, even though revenue dropped by 4%, that they almost earned back all of the stock price that they had lost in the rec in recent months. Wow. Uh, and it was some billions and billions of dollars uh, because Wall Street was happy that things weren't worse. Um, right. Crazy. Yeah. But That's they're also, good. you know, they're also having problems. So everyone yeah. is. It's, it's uh, challenging economic times. Exactly right. For companies making billions yep. of dollars. Yep. So now I'm going to do something really unexpected and I'm going to compliment Zoom. Hmm. And uh, maybe that shouldn't be so unexpected because honestly, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that when you have to have these online meetings as we do, 
Um, there are good solutions and there are bad solutions. And, uh, right. you know, Zoom, I, I give them some credit. Like they're, they're, their stuff has always worked really, really well. They stepped up during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. But the reason I'm complimenting them is because they just announced layoffs. And they are laying off 15% of their workforce. It's about 1,300 people. That's big. And the way they're handling, yeah, I think, yeah, but but the the way they're handling it to me really stands out compared to the way other companies have handled this kind of thing. I felt, you know, people always throw out these like phrases like uh, "I'm humbled by," you know, blah blah blah, or whatever. This is the saddest thing you have to do. (laughs) It's really hard if if you've ever had to do it. It's I know, no, no, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. But nobody did it worse than the um, pager duty CEO who, after her big. Firing all these people. Yeah. Talked about how well the company was doing and then quoted Martin Luther King. Oh, boy. Well, you should read the Not announcement that know. Zoom CEO Eric Wan yeah, I read it. I, I think it was it's impressive. Incredible. I agree. And he took a it's 98% really good. pay cut. That's right. And he, yeah, he did. That's the thing. He's like, I, I am accountable for the mistakes. And by the way, the mistakes were that thing I've been talking about. This is the other thing I loved about this. He goes, you know what? We, we overhired. Yeah. Like we should have known better. Very honest. Yep. I thought this was incredible. So he said, I'm accountable for these mistakes. I want to show my accountability, not just in words, like all of my other CEO buddies around big tech. He didn't say that. That was me. But <laughs> to that end, uh, he's reducing his salary, like you said, by 98% and forgoing his corporate bonus. Uh, members of his executive leadership team will also reduce their salaries by 20% and will also forfeit their bonuses. Um, I, you know, look, I, So imagine you're at Microsoft and you just got laid off and then you look at all the billions they're pouring into open AI. And I'm not saying Microsoft shouldn't be doing any of these things. I'm just saying it's got to kind of leave you with a sour feeling uh, watching all the money they're spending as they're getting rid of you because they don't have the money for you. Um, Whereas you look at something like Zoom and you're like, okay, like, like, I, I just feel like this is a nice, responsible. Well, it's not nice, but it's a responsible way to handle something terrible. Um, more so yeah. than maybe we've seen from some of the we other. We talked people. last week about how IBM did wage cuts at, for at the senior level, but yeah. in the process, of, or or not IBM, Intel, in the mm-hmm. but in the process of avoiding layoffs. It's like we don't want to lose anybody. Yeah, everybody's taking a, a five percent pay right, cut. Right, right. Yeah, so up the senior stack, it's a bigger, bigger cut. And mm-hmm. now they're talking about bonuses as well. Yeah, actually, I thought that was good too. Um, yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean, I think Google set the record when you're cutting people off via email. That's grim. Yeah, it's not good. I I know enough folks that got laid off at Microsoft where it's like, hey, you're still being paid for the next two months. You have access to the gal. Right. Go find yourself a job inside of the company because there are some other jobs or or go elsewhere. So they've got some time. Yeah. And, and way, the folks at uh, Zoom are going to get paid for six more months. Yeah. See, <laughs> that's know. to me, that's better um, than even the pay cut on the CEO is what incredible. are you going to do yeah. for the people you're laying off? Are you going to really take yeah, care yeah, of Especially with yeah. no fault of their own. Right. I mean, that's the big thing you got from the Zoom guy was these are great people. We screwed up. They're yeah. losing their jobs, not because of anything they've done. It's because of what we did. Exactly. I thought that was just a thank you. Finally, someone stepped up and and just exactly right. Took responsibility. And, um, you know, everyone's sad. We have to lay off people. We get that. Uh, and I don't mean I mean, in other words, you know, Sundar Pichai or, you know, whoever we talked about Sachin Dadella flying to Davos on a, per, a yeah. private jet, you know. Right before the layoffs, paying for I, I, a Bono like, concert, like seriously, yeah. I, I like or whatever. That's yeah. just gotta. That's gotta bother people. It's yeah. gotta. It's, it's hard. Anyway, I just thought, I just wanted to point that I I don't 
I guess, care about Zoom one way or the other. But I thought this was really this was ex- this hit the right tone exactly. I thought this was really well done. Yeah. We we care about Zoom. I mean, we we're all in on Zoom now, and they've been really a great partner. And uh, no, know. I mean, it's not part of my. You know, like focus, I don't, you know, Zoom, we whatever. We make you, I, you know, use Zoom every week. I'm sorry. Buddy. I know it's like it's force fed down my throat, Leo. I don't know. We used to use now Skype. I have to use a different version of Zoom. Gotta say, we used to use <laughs> Skype, but uh, yeah, we did. It'd been teams. Yep. Zoom, Zoom, treat which us I like because Skype was originally written in Delphi, and I think we can all agree if everything was written in Delphi, this world would be a better place. Better place. Yeah. You know, Niklas Wirt never had problems with streams or concurrency. <laughs> sure. More uh, Xbox. Ooh, something big just happened. I, no, I just re- I just realized I screwed up the the note. Okay, let's talk about okay. the Xbox, baby. Paul Thorat has so, the deets. This is a, I just in the same way that I've just lost my patience with Samsung. I think I've pretty much had it with Sony. I I can't. Mm-hmm. This company makes me insane. And uh, it's not just the Spider-Man movies, like seriously enough. But <laughs> it's not it's, just the Spider-Man movies. No, it's <laughs> they, they've stood up to regulators around the world and demanded that, that by God save our dominant business from this Microsoft company that wants to remain number four. You know, by acquiring this company, they've done everything they can to put it, to squash this. So the FTC was like, yeah, okay, Sony, for some reason we will protect this Japanese company. Against this American conglomerate, we're gonna we're gonna do what you want. So Microsoft subpoenaed them as part of their defense in the FTC uh, case, and Sony has tried to delay this four times. So Microsoft has quietly said nothing for three of those times, and then it said, "You know what? They're just this is just stalling. We need to get this done. So no more extensions. Let's 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 not do it." So yeah. Sony then said, "Well, oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> now they just they just don't want to." provide evidence that would because of course it will help microsoft there's no there's no logical reason to prevent this deal from happening right so now they've well, they're and ignoring and they're, they're and they're only accusing microsoft of things that sony actually does exactly <laughs> like what and if they do to the us joke. what we do to everyone else yeah they have it's the most exclusives of anybody right it's, yeah. but it's not even close they have the more, most exclusives of everyone else combined yeah. you know it, it's insane so as it turns out they're also ignoring uh, subpoenas from the FTC. Oh, boy. Nice. So they've asked the FTC to, confidentially, by the way, they didn't want this to get out, to uh, limit or, or quash the Microsoft subpoena and withdraw as mute its motion for an extension of time. <laughs> it does feel like, like not fighting fair. It really does. I mean, it's like, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. I just, I just can't. You, you got to think it, it is the corporate, the, the U.S. corporate branch of Sony being sold by <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. this out as long That's as right. possible. And they're going to get, they've gone too far now. You know what? In the 1990s, when Netscape went to the U.S. government and said, hey, we're getting beaten up by this giant 800-pound gorilla. You know what? They made, the, the, okay, yeah, it was a good case to be made. Mm-hmm. This is not Netscape. This no. is not, this is a giant international mm-hmm. corporation that dominates this industry. What are you doing? Yeah, it's crazy. It's almost like Microsoft went to the courts and said, you know, we're going to put a stop to this brave thing because, I mean, I don't know if they get popular. <laughs> that, that could be a big browser. We got to stop that from happening. It's crazy. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Uh, how they're getting away with it. I, I, I don't know. Well, the problem. Well, the problem for Microsoft, of course, is that uh, regulators in some of the major company uh, countries, sorry, 
uh, like the United States and the UK and of course the EU are all like, uh, you know, let's, you know, they, they're trying to get concessions out of this. So, uh, yeah. the CMA, which is the, what is the, what is that? The Competition and Markets Authority, which is their regulatory body has mm-hmm. issued a kind of an initial finding and said they have concerns about this deal, which they feel could result in higher prices, fewer choices or less innovation, uh, for UK gamers. But the interesting thing here is we've talked about some of the concessions and how obvious those concessions are. And one of their ideas was, what if you just spin off Call of Duty? Right. Just You could have Activision Blizzard, but you can't have Call of Duty. Now, here's why that bothers – well, that bothers me as a strong term. But here's what's interesting about that to me. Microsoft has argued repeatedly that this is not about Call of Duty. This is about getting into mobile gaming. Right. Sony – appears to only be worried about Call of Duty. So maybe we spin off Call of Duty. What if that what if that's what has to happen for this deal to go through? Would now that, would that be acceptable, you think? Well, what what's Activision without Call of Duty worth? Like how do you figure they that out? They still have a lot of other titles, obviously Call I know, of Duty. No, but it's I, their this biggest, is a yeah. this is this is a huge deal, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a lot of money, so it's a billion dollar many, title. Yeah, how many tens of billions of dollars come off of the but the is, price so here's the question. Through. Is Microsoft acquiring them because of Call of Duty? They oh, claim no. They're acquiring them for other reasons. For the team, I mean, for I, the IP, other IP. They say primarily it's because they have no position at all in mobile gaming. Right. They want to get into that part of the market. Could we keep the now, mobile Call of Duty? Well, that doesn't make sense. You'd have to keep the yeah, mobile Yeah, it doesn't thing make together. sense. But, yeah. but, you know, I, obviously, ha- <clears throat> excuse me, having... Whatever, hello, I'm getting reclumped here. Whatever um, Activision Blizzard uh, franchises on Game Pass is, is huge for Microsoft. And it would be, I, I don't know how you could say with a straight face that that did not matter. I mean, Call of Duty matters. There's no doubt about it. it, it they can claim otherwise, but um, they want all those major franchises to be on Game Pass. That makes Game Pass more valuable. It gives them that competitive advantage that they want against their entrenched competitor, who, by the way, like we've said, has more exclusives than anybody. Um, so we'll see. But that, that's, that's an interesting wrinkle because it kind of calls Microsoft to the table on that comment they made where it's like, well, it's not about Call of Duty. It's like, well, good, get rid of Call of Duty. It's like, well, well that's interesting. Yeah. So well, There's a duel going on there. But you got to know these subpoenas are about talking about exclusivity, yeah. basically making the FTC look at how unfair the table field actually is. Right, like, right. I know, think this should, right. play here is okay, we're all in on no exclusivity. <laughs> yep. Let's make it apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree with that one. Ooh, that would sting. <laughs> yeah. The only uh, way I can get to see Last Last of Us is if I subscribe to HBO Max because <laughs> I don't have a PlayStation. <laughs> it's coming out on Xbox soon. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. I checked, but that's a good example. I was very frustrated. How many years later? When? What year did that? Ma- like game five years later, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's been yeah, a while. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be a good one, but you know, I look forward to playing it. I do too. Yeah, looks. I look forward to watching it. We'll see if I watch it and it's interesting. Maybe I'll play it too. I don't know. I have been watching. It's you know what episode yeah. three is perhaps one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Really? I agree. Yeah. Is Nick Offerman in that episode? Yeah, that's the one he's in. Yeah. Um, okay. it's completely out of place with the other episodes yeah yeah because yeah. really it's pretty much the game and you really feel like mm. oh this is a tv show made out of a game because there's quests 
<laughs> First, nice. you need a battery. Nice. <laughs> then you go get the battery. Go, it actually lasts the view down the gun. It's like the guy <laughs> yeah. walking down the... <laughs> it's very... It's <laughs> almost on rails, <laughs> yeah, except for this funny. episode three, which, in fact, breaks the cannon. Right. Uh, and is, is as if... Okay. This guy said, you know, I got one great TV episode in me. <laughs> Do we know how many, ep- how long will this thing be when it's done? Wow, Last of Us is 10, 10 episodes, years old, 12? says Out of Sync. 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 years I can't, old. I don't, we should know. I'm sure somebody It's got to be 10, I'm guessing 10 or 12, right? It's probably somewhere in there. Well, they're shorter these days, you know. There's a lot of one, eight, eight episode uh, series and stuff yeah. like that. Because um, I don't want to watch it till I can watch it all back to back. That's my big thing. Says nine. 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 Weird. Nine. <laughs> Nine. Okay. So they've done three? Uh, five comes out two, Five comes out oh. soon. Because oh, that's great. So one more month. Early. Friday, I think. In about a month. Yeah. Usually it's okay. every Sunday. It's a yeah, typical HBO, it you know. I'll be very, I'm yeah. very curious if it will transcend. It's beautifully shot. This one Monday episode night. is like, oh, my God. And I'm just right. curious if it can transcend, though, the game, because otherwise it's, okay. it's kind of just the game. Interesting. Um, and that's not a great, you know, games have a different uh, yep. trajectory. than. I, but I think that's the interesting thing about this show is that it's supposed to adhere pretty closely to the game. And that's yeah. really never been done. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah like we'll see. except for you know Super Mario Brothers, obviously. I'm, but um, not to spoil anything, <laughs> but the ending of Last of Us was very powerful. Yeah. Oh, I hope Neat. they get yeah. there then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, I'm just going to be interested to see how they contend with the video game ending. Right. Yeah, mm. that will be interesting. Mm. <laughs> Next episode well. is Thursday. That's episode five. And then uh, it'll be back to Sundays. So. Uh, yeah, it's that was like it's back good. in the '90s. From from the Earth to the Moon was on Sundays, if I remember correctly. Right. A lot of shows were like on Game HBO. of Thrones. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, I would say you uh, and Stephanie should just watch the first three and then stop. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And you know, hmm. I wish you didn't have to watch the first two, but you kind of do to set up three and three <laughs> sure, sure. is so good. <clears throat> okay. And then you could just stop for a while. You know, I, I just, didn't have any problem with four. No, it's good. It's fine. It's just back to the, I mean, we're right in the, the thick of Wednesday right now, so I don't want to screw that up. Oh yeah, I can't wait to watch Wednesday. I, I'm saving that one. Yeah, uh, I'm regressing here. I'm sorry. By the way, Ben Shapiro didn't like episode three because the entire episode has no zombies. Yeah, which is why I, I saw I that. It. I saw that headline. One of the things I liked. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a zombie fan. Yeah. Then what are you watching this damn show for? Oh, you. I'm sorry. You're. You're not a zombie fan. I am not a zombie fan, and the only oh, reason I, I watched I... it is because people said episode right. three, episode three. So I did, and I zombies agree. are a vehicle to tell stories. It's like sci-fi in general, right? It's just yeah. like a vehicle to tell stories that are really about mankind or whatever. Well, and that's the, what's great about episode four is that it's it's the, the, dark, the dark side of man. In yeah, a zombie of munchies. There's no zombies in four either, are there? <laughs> what is You're this right. show about? <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Because it's more about the enemy isn't just the zombies. Let's put it that way. Yeah. How people respond to adversity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there was a professor, still is, at uh, Berkeley called Alan Dundas, who is an expert on the sick joke cycles. There, they, we don't, I don't know if we have any sick jokes these days, but there used to be dead baby jokes. Yeah, uh, God, yeah. Remember that? And there were. Yep. And it was his thesis, and he had pretty good arguments for it. 
that sick yep. jokes were the way we handled psychologically difficult issues. And um, uh, dead babies was during the whole abortion uh, debate. Oh, um, okay. Elephants in the refrigerator. There's a whole elephant in the refrigerator uh, joke cycle. He says that was about racism and dealing with the the uh, emerging uh, black culture in America. And okay. uh, so it's very interesting. Anyway, I'm of the opinion now that instead of sick jokes, we have zombies. <laughs> we have zombies. <laughs> we have, we have zo- that these horror things are a way of in our, our plumbing. Yeah. Our, our deepest. It makes fears. our current world look less awful yeah. because yeah. we're not at least we're not eating, yeah. eating each other's brains or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. That's interesting. So you're right. I mean, I think the, the zombies are more than just about you know the undead. I mean, but nobody, everyone likes a good zombie bite. You know, I'm a vampire guy. I just gotta say, <laughs> I like eternal life personally. Just saying. Oh, okay. given the choice, I like it. And vampires were hot for a while, and now not so much zombies. Sure. And that's how it was hard to get Lisa to watch it. She said, ah, I love The Walking Dead, but I'm done. I, said, I didn't watch Breaking Bad for two years because it was about a guy that made drugs. Like, why would so, anyone want to watch this? So not about a guy who makes drugs. No, I know, no, I know that. But you understand from the <laughs> yes. outside, you're like, exactly. we're, we're going to glorify a guy exactly. that makes crystal Last meth of or whatever? Us like, is, what? yeah, not about zombies. Yeah. yeah, No, it's one of the best shows ever made. Yeah, no, I agree. I think <clears throat> I'm very curious what you think of episode three. I think it's right up there with Breaking Bad. Yeah, okay. Is that good? Uh, what else is uh, new in Xbox? Yeah, so usually every month what we get is new Game Pass titles at the beginning of the month and then in the middle of the month for the second half of the month. And they just announced new titles uh, now, which is, as you'll notice, we're only in week two. And that makes me wonder, even though this is a short month, if we're not going to have three sets of games, which has happened every once in a while. And if you look at the release dates, uh, these games all come out between the 9th and the 16th, with the exception of one game, which comes out on the 21st. So it's possible we'll see a third um, third set of games. So there are two here that I think are of note. Uh, there are several of them. Uh, Madden NFL uh, 23, obviously. Um, console and PC uh, on February 9th. That's going to be huge. And then Shadow Warrior 3. I didn't even know there was a Shadow Warrior 2. But Shadow Warrior, <laughs> if I, unless I'm completely screwing this up, this was like a... Uh, like a Doom Engine game from a million years ago, wasn't it? Shadow Warrior, like oh, the original. Wow. One? I really? think this is. Wow. I think so. Shadow Warrior. Listen, I'm completely. This is the fun thing about that. Game Pass. It introduces you yeah. to a whole new category of material. <laughs> I think, it was, or like an Apogee, like a um, whatever Commander the Keen and the Lost Planet Airmen. Well, not not that far back, but like a. Um, <laughs> oh God, uh, I can't remember the names of games. Like. Um, you know, there were games like Blood, and it was a different... It was like the Apogee version of like the Doom Engine or whatever. Huh. I don't remember. I, I think it dates back that far. I think that's what that is. Oh, like uh, Duke Nukem, like those type of games. Yeah. Like the 3D version. Duke like, Nukem. Uh, those yeah. Games. Anyway, I, I, that's how I take that. Anyway, the interesting thing to me is just that it's coming... Like, they announced this now. That's kind of an off time for that. So, we shall see. And... <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> um... Uh, Sony has raised its sales, uh, I'm sorry, PlayStation 5 sales targets for this coming year and also its financial expectations. Um, and this is basically them saying, hey, look, I think we, we got past that supply issue that was dogging us for the past two years. Um, and PlayStation sales are starting to take off so they can keep dominating the industry and uh, prevent us from getting Call of Duty. So that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> 
so they're doing that. Um, and then actually, the, uh, arguably, the company that really does dominate our industry ten, uh, is Nintendo, which is kind of the Disney of video gaming. Um, they actually revised their Switch sales forecast downward for the second time oh, in the past wow. six months, mm. uh, but only by one million units. So, and so this is a this is a console that has uh, is now the third best selling video game machine of all time. Uh, it surpassed Game Boy and the Sony PlayStation Four in the most recent quarter. Uh, so it's in third place behind PlayStation Two is like the all time winner. And then what's number two? Uh, it's probably what is number two? I'm not even sure. I'm sorry, I don't remember. Um, but they, this, it's astonishing how many uh, of these things they have sold. Um, and it's possible if they, they're already talking about maybe transitioning to the next gen something something. Um, but I bet if they released a 4K version of the Switch, uh, they could keep this thing going. I mean, uh, I'd buy and they it. could be. I'd buy it in a heartbeat. I, I think a lot of people would buy it, and you could get this thing in the first place all time. All they have to do is sell 30 million more uh, ver- uh, consoles. So it's possible. I'm just saying, a couple of years, they would do it. Anyhow, they're doing fine. They're kind of like Apple. Like, things are down a little bit, but, the, you know, they're down a little bit when you're awesome. It's like, yeah, it's okay. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Not that bad. You can bet you can get Hogwarts Legacy on the Switch. <laughs> okay. I don't know how good it would be. Is there a Spider-Man game I could play on the Switch? I guarantee you. No, well, I bet you. Those bastards. I don't know. I was uh, (laughs) that was that was my uh, my uh, quarantine game. My pandemic game was uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons on uh, yeah, right, Switch, right? Because it was a better world. I was going to say, if there's anything as you want to get as far as you can from the terribleness of the pandemic, yeah, yeah, just stay home and. But Nintendo owns the handheld market. I mean, number one yep. is the DS, yeah. Then the yeah, Switch, yeah. then the Game Boy. Yep. Okay. Like, but Switch is coming Nintendo, on strong for. Uh, yeah, yeah. DS just because it was around for so long, but Switch is coming on strong. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Then the yep. then you get, then you go down to Game Boy Advance, right? <laughs> right. Still eighty million, and then you get to the PlayStation Portable. Like it's all oh, Nintendo and handheld. It always. Blows I always thought me the away. PlayStation Portable was going to be huge. I'm so old that Mario was not in my purview, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it always blows me away how people feel about Mario. I mean, that is culturally, well, right? That's yeah. Shakespeare for this generation. So that was same thing with me. And I, I worked at Toys R Us when that game came out. And I remember some guy called uh, and he said, hey, I was just in New York. And I saw this uh, video game console from a company called Nintendo, which I knew from video game arcade machines, like video or arcade machines. I'm like, okay. And he says, uh, you can play games against a robot and you can shoot the screen with a gun. What? How uh, could it be? I'm like, that's nonsense. I've never heard of such a thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. We do not have that. And then the next day or two days later, we got this huge shipment. And uh, yeah, there was a version that came with that stupid little plastic robot that would move like little little pucks around. And you can play Duck Hunt with a gun, you know? So But the big game was Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. And um I never, I I went through the, when, after I got married, I bought a used, or no, I bought a, a new Nintendo and I played the first three Super Mario Brothers in order. And then I gave it to someone I worked with so they could give it to their kid. So I just wanted to kind of experience it. And I was like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm, I predate Mario. So, yeah, as my do original I. character. Yeah, we all Donkey Kong. Yeah. Donkey Kong. That's right. You know, there's a big scandal in Donkey well, and, Kong and country. the original Mario Brothers, which was yeah. basically a Donkey Kong type game. You know, yeah. No, the character you're you're playing in Donkey Kong is Mario. Is, is Mario? Yeah, 
That's right. Yeah. And you are rescuing the princess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is the right. same. It's just you got a gorilla throwing barrels at you. That's it's just one screen. It's just one <laughs> you screen. Know, that, that fact yeah. Mario yeah. is just the protagonist. I think Mario Brothers is one screen, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Donkey Kong's Capcom, right? No, that was Nintendo. It was Nintendo. Uh -huh. Yep. Yep. Very big controversy in that the was, Donkey um, Kong Click, world when, right now. Are you, when, are you right, so, since, so when ColecoVision came out, one of the things that was weird about that was they got, you know, Atari had all the big arcade games, so... Coleco had to license all the kind of second tier yeah. games, so it was like sad. Nintendo and so whatever sad. the other you know, titles were. But they had, but they were cool games, like things like Zaxxon and Zaxxon, Donkey Kong. You know, great game. Um, I love. Yeah, Zaxxon. there was some. Uh, there was some great games, but it, there were games that I was just unfamiliar with, yeah, or less familiar with than the stuff that was on Atari. Yeah, it was good. Was there a donkey in uh, Donkey Kong? I don't. I don't. There was no donkey. Was yeah, no I donkey. don't know. That was a Japanese transposition of words, you know, that didn't make any sense. No Monkey Kong, basically. So the uh, guy, uh, one of the guys who at the time had the world record in Donkey Kong. Yeah, I saw this. Has been now revealed to have perhaps been a cheater. Right. For the second time. Well, there was always a controversy. In fact, I think there was a lawsuit over libel for calling him that. Uh, right. But now pictures have emerged of him standing in front of his, uh, you know, high-scoring yeah, machine this is like, with a this is like, okay, different so joystick. If, if there was a picture of me in the grassy knoll, did I shoot the president? What does that mean? <laughs> yes. I, mean, I was just having a sandwich and watching the movie. just having a sandwich, on. man. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's a little thin, but. Billy Mitchell's a huge cheater, man, says the chairman. I really want to take this guy down. I, it's It's sort of amazing to me. It's was he a little so too flashy or something? Like, people can't I don't, stand this guy. I don't get it because uh, I didn't follow this when it happened. Um, yeah. But it's it's apparently a big deal. and It is a big deal. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I'll have I, to ask Brianna I, Wu because she's like one of the – she's like into these red. Here he is. Here he is in, you know, a picture from the uh, – he, he, he set the record at the Florida <laughs> yeah. Association of Mortgage Brokers Convention. He was there. He was as there. He were, as one does, he was their uh, special celebrity guest. There he is in the right with a tie. And but but if you zoom in on the machine, as anybody who played Donkey Kong knows, that is a non-standard stick. Non -standard yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's not the usual joystick. That's a, we only had a four-position stick, and it wasn't red. That's exactly what they're saying. Is that I know this might have been this. an eight-position <laughs> stick, which would have given Trust him me. an advantage. <laughs> yeah, it's just unbelievable. Wow. What a world we live in. That's oh, the worst. <laughs> what a world we live in. Hey, everybody. Leo Laporte here. I am the founder and one of the hosts at the Twit Podcast Network. I want to talk to you a little bit about what we do here at Twit because I think it's unique. And I think for anybody who is uh, bringing a product or a service to a tech audience, you need to know about what we do here at Twit. We've built an amazing audience of engaged, intelligent, affluent listeners who listen to us and trust us when we recommend a product. Our mission statement is, Twit, is to build a highly engaged community of tech enthusiasts. Boy, already, you should be your ears should be perking up at that because highly engaged is good for you. Tech enthusiasts, if that's who you're looking for, this is the place. We do it by offering them the knowledge they need to understand and use technology in today's world. And I hear from our audience all the time, part of that knowledge comes from our advertisers. We are very careful. We pick advertisers 
with great products, great services, with integrity, and introduce them to our audience with authenticity uh, and genuine enthusiasm. And that makes our host red ads different from anything else you can buy. We are literally bringing you to the attention of our audience and giving you a big, fat endorsement. We like to create partnerships with trusted brands, brands who are in it for the long run, long-term partners that want to grow with us. And we have so many great success stories. Tim Broom, who founded IT Pro TV in 2013, started advertising with us on day one, has been with us ever since. He said, quote, we would not be where we are today without the Twit Network. I think the proof is in the pudding. Advertisers like IT Pro TV and Audible that have been with us for more than 10 years, they stick around because their ads work. And honestly, isn't that why you're buying advertising? You get a lot with Twit. We have a very full service attitude. We almost think of it as kind of artisanal uh, advertising, boutique advertising. You'll get a full service continuity team. People who are on the phone with you, who are in touch with you, who support you from with everything from copywriting to graphic design. So you are not alone in this. We embed our ads into the shows. They're not... They're not added later. They're part of the shows. In fact, often they're such a part of our shows that our other hosts will chime in on the ad saying, yeah, I love that. Or just the other day, one of our hosts said, man, I really got to buy that. <laughs> That's an additional benefit to you because you're hearing people, our audience trusts saying, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, we deliver, always over deliver on impressions. So you know you're going to get the impressions you expect. The ads are unique every time. We don't pre record them and roll them in. We are genuinely doing those ads in the middle of the show. Uh, we'll give you great onboarding services. Ad tech with pod sites that's free for direct clients gives you a lot of reporting, gives you a great idea of how well your ads are working. You'll get courtesy commercials. You actually can take our ads and share them across social media and landing pages. That really extends the reach. There are other free goodies, too, including mentions in our weekly newsletter that's sent to thousands of fans, engaged fans who really want to see this stuff. We give you bonus ads and social media promotion, too. So if you want to be a long-term partner, introduce your product to a savvy engaged tech audience visit twit.tv slash advertise check out those testimonials mark mccrary is the ceo of authentic you probably know him one of the biggest uh, original podcast advertising companies we've been with him for 16 years mark said the feedback from many advertisers over 16 years across a range of product categories everything from razors to computers is that if ads and podcasts are going to work for a brand they're going to work on Twitch shows. I'm very proud of what we do because it's honest, it's got integrity, it's authentic, and it really is a great introduction to our audience of your brand. Our listeners are smart, they're engaged, they're tech savvy, they're dedicated to our network. And that's one of the reasons we only work with high integrity partners that we've personally and thoroughly vetted. I have absolute approval on everybody. If you've got a great product, I want to hear from you. Elevate your brand by reaching out today at advertise at twit.tv. Break out of the advertising norm. Grow your brand with host red ads on twit.tv. Visit twit.tv slash advertise for more details. Or you can email us advertise at twit.tv if you're ready to launch your campaign now. I can't wait to see your product. So give us a ring.
Okay. Hey, just a real quick plug. If uh, if you noticed, that picture was in the Club Twit Discord. This mm. is the hang for people really in the know. We love hanging out in here. This is one of the benefits of being a member of Club Twit. $7 a month gets you ad-free versions of all the shows, plus shows you can't get any other way. Well, actually, that's really not true. You can. You could pay $2.99 a month for Paul Thorat's hands-on windows, for instance. But if you join the club for 7 bucks, you get that and everything else. Hands-on Macintosh with Michael Sargent, the Untitled Linux Show with Jonathan Bennett, the Giz Fizz, Stacy's Book Club, uh, uh, Win to a Dow. We'll be doing um, a uh, Ask Me Anything tomorrow uh, in our club. She's the host of All About Android. On Friday, day after tomorrow, I'll be interviewing Daniel Suarez. Now, that's going to be in the, you know, that'll come out as a triangulation episode. Everybody will get to see the episode. But club members will ask, be able to ask questions directly of Daniel. We'll do it live in the club. That's just an example. We're trying to give the club benefits, you know, a re- give you a reason to join. And the reason we want you to join is it makes such a difference to our bottom line. If, it, you know, 5% of the people who listen to this show only 5% join the club there would not we not wouldn't have to sell advertising hmm. we would we literally be able to continue on add new shows grow pay the staff pay the light bill pay the rent uh that's all it all needs 5% it's less than 1% right now we'd love to get it up to 5% and if it were 10% We'd move this whole thing to Barbados, (laughs) 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 including all the hosts. (laughs) No, there's about uh, it's about 700,000 unique listeners to all of our shows a month. If we could get 35,000 club members, that would be huge. We only have six or seven right now. So I want you to join. If you listen to the shows, I not all of you can afford it. And that's why we'll always continue to offer, uh, you know, shows like this free ad supported you know that's that's in the and and you know what if we had thirty five thousand members and we didn't have to sell ads we'd still offer you the show for free because i don't want to take that away from you but we do add a lot of value for people who are willing to give us just seven bucks a month it helps us a lot it i think it's well worth it go to twit.tv slash club twit find out all about it yes you can buy hands on windows for just 2.99 a month through the uh i think that's through the apple store um, and if you want to do that, that's fine. I understand. Paul does a great job. It's well worth it. Hands on windows, but a couple bucks more and, uh, we get you in the club and, uh, that makes a big difference overall. It means I could buy another bottle of Middleton mm-hmm. next week. <laughs> <laughs> Time for the back of the book. Uh, tip of the week, Mr. Throt. <clears throat> yeah. I was hoping to tell you how you could protect your privacy in windows 11, but as it turns out, you can't. <laughs> Because I don't know if this I I can't find. I was just looking for the link to this. There's a video on YouTube where people in uh, are, have put a network scanner on Windows 11 when it first boots up, and this thing starts phoning home like the second it comes online, and never stops. <clears throat> so there's steps you can take, obviously, to limit the amount of data that you send to Microsoft and to third parties because a bunch of it is through the advertising sponsorship stuff. Um, and <clears throat> you know this is uh, something we discussed actually in uh, Hands On Windows, and it's in the book, but. The one thing I, I the one thing I've kind of come to, which is really interesting, is I spent a bunch of time looking at the privacy settings in set in the settings app in Windows 11, and going through it like kind of step by step, and you kind of collect this list of well, what are the things you might want to turn off or at least detune as much as you can, right? You have to send basic telemetry data no matter what, for example, 
As it turns out, there's a screen and setup. When you first set up Windows 11, where it says, you know, here's your privacy settings. It's it's three scrolls you have to go through to get through it. So it's like location data, uh, uh, targeted advertising, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, that's the list. <laughs> so if you're setting up a Windows 11 PC for the first time, you should still go look at privacy settings later. It's a lot of stuff. Most of the stuff is actually in that first screen. So kudos to Microsoft for making it that easy. Um, I don't know that you want to turn off location settings. I guess that's the one I would probably personally leave on. Although I've been turning off location settings. I got to say, um, I get the Mexico weather and the widget in the corner now. Yeah. Of my local weather. See, that's worth and, it. Now that's a good and reason. On more than, yeah. And on more than one occasion, I looked down into the corner and been like, 70 degrees. Oh. <laughs> no, not here. <laughs> not here. <sighs> but, yeah, they, but, I don't turn on the location data for a desktop because I'm not going to move it. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like, but you have to turn it on to get weather. It has to know where you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can configure weather to be like, well, I want it to be for oh, a always specific there. Location. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can you can do that. Right? Yeah, because you you're not in Mexico, of course. Obviously, yeah. you can do that. So that's yeah. kind of amusing. Like that's I don't know why it's stuck on Mexico, but I wonder how many of those calls could be pie holed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You well, you could do a next DNS type thing, right? Where you yeah. just block network traffic. Um, that gets tricky. The, the question is, stuff. at some point, is it going to go, this is not a certified version of Windows? Like, what calls are we actually <laughs> um, Rafael Rivera, uh, who I think you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, told me one time that when you do this to Windows 11, it just sits there in blunt force, tries to keep sending the, Like, it just doesn't, it refuses to acknowledge the fact that it can't get through. Um, and, and that's what, you know, I was thinking with a pie hole, it's like, I'm going to give you an IP. It's mm-hmm. just going to be and a have lot. it just fake it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Have it disappear into the either. It's beautiful. The client thinks it's great, but it's the whole thing. You're black holing the calls just like sure. you do for ads, right? It was the typical thing for a pie hole. So. This is what I used to do when I signed up for things. I would use my friend's email uh, address yeah. instead of mine because I didn't want to get emails. And um, Bill G at Microsoft.com? No, it's a, some, it's a, a guy I know named Bob. I'll just say that. And uh, <laughs> I met, I, I saw him again a few years ago. And he's, and we were talking about tech stuff and he says, it's crazy. He goes, I, I had to get rid of my email address because oh, I kept shoot. getting all these like oh, marketing. Oh, <laughs> and I was God. like, that's oh, interesting. Um, <clears throat> can't imagine how that would happen. That's a, I can't, I hopefully know when he did that to you on purpose. That's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so oh, God, that oh, does that. that's horrible. <laughs> People do that to me. I have to say, sure. uh, they, they think they're just oh, yeah. hysterical when they use my subscribe to everything to sign yeah. up for stuff. Yep. I just think that's yep. a hoot. So. Yeah, it's tough when your email address is your name and it's yeah. easy to guess. And uh, yeah. Well, I mine was in public forever. I actually had to move to a different <clears throat> address because of it. Yeah. Um, Smart. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I registered gud.com yeah. in the 90s. And there are no three letter dot coms left. I get oh. offers on it. Gud? But it's basically a portable DDoS attack. Yeah. Like if I point my MX record at at, at an IP, <laughs> five to ten million spam a month, right? Holy right? Cow. On every list because That's it's amazing. so old. So do you? You think should they, sell it. Do you think <laughs> yeah. that they go through like, all three letter domains? Just alpha, you know, brute force. They're all, apparently they're all registered. Yeah. Yeah. So every, yeah. there's somebody at every one of them. In theory. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it's aimed at at. Uh, at M365, but I, I remember signing up for a for a, a, a mail filtering service, and I called them in advance of the list, and I got this domain. And I'm like, ah, it can't be that bad. It's like, well, I'm going to redirect it to you right now. Like, is that just, they just, wow. 26, they just went offline immediately. What is, is that 26 cubed? 
addresses. They're all dot coms. Is that what it would be? Three letters, 26 each. I always confuse which one's factorial and which one's cubed. Never remember Hmm. that. Um, Any other? You want an app? Do you have an app? Yeah. So as we discussed earlier, you can only get into the Bing preview right now by... (laughs) You saw Leo begging or on his selling knees. your soul. You can pull Leo and try to, you know, yeah, just whatever. But um, there was another product they talked about during this event, and this is a new version of Edge, which is actually available now in the Dev Channel. So you can download this separately. You don't have to replace your current browser or your existing version of Edge. And uh, don't do it because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know how easy. I, I, I guess I can't really sh- share my screen or whatever. But um, we had seen previously that Microsoft is going to move to curved edges on everything. And I'm talking like the the inside of the window that displays the web page you're looking at has curved edges now. And um, this curves everywhere. It's kind of weird looking. But there is a big uh, Bing icon up in the toolbar that you cannot remove. If you mouse over it, it, it uh, displays what's called the discover pane, which is something you had to previously click on something to display. Um, there's that kind of edge sidebar thing, and it's one of the buttons in there. So now it's they're kind of pulling it out of the uh, that sidebar so that it's always available, even if you turn off the sidebar. And uh, it's like the widgets thing in Windows 11 where it comes out even if you just, you know, you go over it's to hit the menu thing, and it's like you miss it. Near and, it. Yep. And it's a light. little scary. But um, this is going to be... So you, is there... Over here, is there a Bing? You talking about this sidebar? Yeah. So if you click on click on the um, uh, magnifying glass at the top, okay, that's probably going to say Discover, right? It or says it says search. search. But, yeah. So maybe it's the next one down. Try the next one down. That price says Discover. Yeah, that's Discover. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's what happens now. With the, there's a above the where the little dot 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 is at the top. To yeah. the right of that now is a giant Bing icon, oh, which no. you can't remove. Like I said, it's called Discover. If you click, if you no, if you mouse over it or click on it, I guess. Um, the discover pane opens and that sidebar appears, even if you've hidden it. Um, and yeah, so, so actually the discover choice is now missing from that sidebar because it's the you hmm. know, it's out on the the menu bar. They really want you to discover stuff. I gotta discover um, kind more of pushing, Bing, more Bing. Yeah. But I think the combination of these two products is going to be the the way they're going to want you to experience this, right? That the uh, because this is how you drive the most. Uh, eyeballs or whatever to microsoft products and services yeah see that turns me off not all yeah but if you look at that so i'm looking at your browser now and i have to say it's it's kind of interesting because you are running your windows 11 and it's kind of everything's kind of squared off right this is in some ways the old windows 10 ui Mm -hmm. a a little bit right yeah so the new one it looks i guess it looks a little more i don't know native or something on windows 11 but man how do i uh, a lot of curves is this because I'm running the old? Uh, well, you're running the normal. This is you're running the the stable version. Yeah. So to get this new look and feel, you have to go uh, look for Edge Dev Channel. Okay. Ah, you did program. say that. So it's I need to be yeah. on the Dev Channel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. on you're on the normal. This is the the shipping version. Right. I stay on the shipping version if you don't. Mind. Yeah. So it, it, as as part of the event yesterday, they released a new build of this thing, and um, it it added that Bing. Yeah. Button. Just like, ugh. remember when <laughs> Office uh, 2007 came out and there was like a circle up in the corner for the, like a, uh, yeah, in the ribbon, right? Remember that thing? It looks like that, that sort of, but it's on the other side logo. and it's purple. 
it's had a little throb to it because they really yeah exactly yeah right they kind of calmed that down over time yeah. and then they got rid of it um I think yeah, we totally. should wrap things up with Richard Campbell's Swedish Whiskey of the Week. Well, it only makes sense for me to choose a Swedish Whiskey. And the one you want to choose is MacMira. MacMira. M-A-C-A-M-Y-R-A. MacMira. And what makes uh, they, MacMira so good? Well, it is a Swedish single malt, so they're following mm-hmm. uh, very closely to the, the Scottish style, although they use a variety of grains. Uh, they have a bunch of different variations. The one on the front page there, the ambassador, is when you have an urge to spend a lot of money on whiskey, they're here to help you. Um, <laughs> Only 3,166 bottles. Ooh, port wine. Yeah, gonna, yeah, they do some port caskies and sherry caskies, like different flavors. They do a peated version. So you you have some good choices there. I I tend to buy, if I'm going to have a bottle of McNeera around, it's Mac. The, which is the base whiskey, the least expensive one, like $25, $30. And uh, it's just a legit, straightforward, you can drink this kind of single malt. Mm. They make uh, a gin as well, although the name is a little off-putting on the gym. It's Lab Plus Distillery Organic <laughs> Gin. Uh, they're they're experimenting there. Some of it's. I would in the also lab, mention like the, the most whiskeys run about forty five, forty seven percent. The mm-hmm. Mac is only forty, so it doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of heat to it. Okay. it drinks pretty lightly. Nice. Mac Mira M A C K M Y R A. You might call it Mac and Myra, and you wouldn't be wrong, but you wouldn't be Swedish. Right. All right. Very nice. So there you go. Thank you, Richard. Uh, How I, much I, longer? Do you have an intent- Boy, am I ever going to run out of whiskeys? I have been drawn, putting together notes to talk about the entire whiskey process. I wasn't worried about you how much whiskey. I was worried how long you were going to be in Sweden. <laughs> um, we I know perfectly well that whiskey can go for a long, long time. We can go forever. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, have a, I have this idea in my head that I want to talk about the entire whiskey process from the Scottish perspective mm-hmm. and refer to specific distilleries and bottlings for each of the processes. Nice. Nice. So it's gonna it'll it'll take a it'll take a few weeks to get through it all, but you'll have some fun with it. I have some good. Oh, stories. I'm looking forward to it. When do you come home? Home on Sunday. All right. Well, we'll miss you. Uh, no, you'll miss be here. You'll be here on the show Thursday, Wednesday. I'll, I'll be back on home on Wednesday. Oh, good. So right. from there. Excellent. Thank you, and have a wonderful week, both of you. You'll find Richard Campbell on runasradio.com. That's his run his radio show and also .net rocks at Richard Campbell on the Twitter. Paul Therat, he is Therat on the Twitter at therat.com for his books, leanpub.com. Forget looking for him on Mastodon. He's done. <laughs> He's Mastodon. No, no, no. I like Mastodon. Oh, I only okay. did was try to, geez. I wrote a, <laughs> It's a guide to getting started on this. I don't. God, people are so sensitive. <laughs> uh, together, Paul and Richard do this thing called Windows Weekly every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1900 UTC. You can watch us do it live or listen at our live streams. Those are at twit.tv slash live. If you're watching live, chat live at irc.twit.tv. That's open to all or in our Club Twit Discord. Open to Club Twit members. After the fact, on-demand versions of the show at twit.tv slash WW. You can also subscribe in your favorite podcast player, and that way you'll get it as soon as it's uh, done. A little later on a Wednesday. 
We will see you all next week. Thank you, winners. Thank you, dozers. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Richard. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on Windows Weekly. Listeners of this program get an ad-free version if they're members of Club Twit. $7 a month gives you ad-free versions of all of our shows, plus membership in the Club Twit Discord, a great clubhouse for Twit listeners. And finally, the Twit Plus feed with shows like Stacy's Book Club, The Untitled Linux Show, The Giz Fizz, and more. Go to twit.tv slash club twit. And thanks for your support.